a golden god! I carried a watermelon. An equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> god, I don't know who's weirder, you or me. <laughs> you just put the law in my hands, and I'm gonna break your heart with it. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. There is no day now, only soon. What a lovely singing voice you must have. Pardon my French. Shit! Hello and welcome back to Movies for Life. I am one of your co-hosts, Brian Kuyper. And I am your other co-host. I am Michelle Egan. So this was an idea that we had way back when, when we first started throwing out ideas for the show and they were, so we're going to do a couple of episodes, a pair of episodes over uh, the course of the next few weeks. We're going to, we're going to do one, skip a week and then come back to it. But these are major, major movies. So movies, Major. major. The things we majored in in college. Uh, We're starting with me because that seems to be kind of our (laughs) thing. That's true. Though we're we're changing that though. It's it's juggling. It's it's been we've changed it up a couple times, but it's it's all all worked out good. So thank goodness. I tell you what, the rules are with this show. There are no rules. Damn the man. Damn the man. We're gonna stick it to the man this week. Yeah, we are. With one of our picks. My major in college was music education. So I am, in fact, a music teacher in my regular daily life. And we picked a pair of movies that have to do with music education and sort of different takes on it. And to be honest, as a music teacher, these two movies for me are probably the most authentic movie teacher, music teacher movies I've ever seen. Movie teacher. (laughs) Movie teacher music. Yeah. Music teacher movies that I've ever seen. So that's just me. And I brought from 1999 our first Wes Craven film. How funny is it that this is our first Wes Craven film? (laughs) I know. And we'll we'll talk about why that's particularly funny in a minute, I think. But uh, we're going to talk about uh, his underrated and often overlooked film, Music of the Heart from 1999. And yes, that is the dumbest damn title oh. on earth. I don't love the title, but I uh, do love the movie, I have to say. So, Michelle, what did you bring? What was your perception of my job? <laughs> well, this is the movie that I brought, but it, it really could just be like from both of us because we both like totally. fucking adore this movie with all our hearts. Yeah. Even though it's relatively new to me, it became this in, in its instant favorite. Um, we're going to do... From 2003, Richard Linklater's School of Rock. We're going to stick it to the man. To the That's man. right. Um, with uh, with School of Rock. I guess, uh, first of all, so the Wes Craven thing. <laughs> this is just sort of a funny little backstory. I had been thinking about doing a show with Michelle, and I hadn't told her this yet um, at the time. I thought, hey, she loves Wes Craven. I love Wes Craven. Let's do a show about the films of Wes Craven. Well... Just as I was about to uh, to jump on that and talk to Michelle about it, it was announced by uh, 
Patrick Bromley and Heather Wixon, uh, that they are going to do a show covering all the films of Wes Craven. Wow. <laughs> um, and it was just sort of like, okay, it's, it's, it's weird because I swear sometimes um, Heather and I just share part of our brain because we pitch like the same articles around the same time. And I, I, we have similar articles come out a lot and I, I don't know why that is. It is totally coincidental. But then there was this, this thing with the, the show. Uh, and by the way, the Craven Craven show is really good. And I hope that people are listening to that because it's a really cool show. And we love um, Patrick and Heather. They're amazing. So please support yes. them. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I think that doing the show this way, it sort of led us to come up with a new concept. And I think we came up with a concept that is uh, more personal to us um, and more, it gives us just more room to look at lots of different kinds of things. And so this is, I'm glad things worked out the way they did. I know. I would have loved to do something on all Wes Craven and just dive back into that man that I love so much. But this, yeah, this has turned out pretty well so far so i mean this is our first west craven it's a little weird because it's his one non-horror movie but i'm sure he's going to come up later on in the show well case busters that's quite a little movie uh, is that? <laughs> for those <laughs> see okay i i just finished a, a series on Wes Craven and um, Case Busters is a little pilot he made for the wonderful world of Disney. Oh snap, really? Back in 1985. It's available on Disney Plus and it is just like a, it's like a kid's show, detective show. And it's very, uh, yeah, it is really, really not what you would expect from, from uh, the master of horror. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's a cute, it's a cute little movie. It's got a dog in it. Uh, as do many of Wes Craven's movies, including this one. I love Allegra. So this was more or less, I mean, you could call this Wes Craven's, quote, blank check movie. Uh, This is the movie that after Scream came out and was a massive success, uh, the biggest movie of his entire career. Uh, It made over $100 million. And for an R-rated movie, for a horror movie, to make as much money as Scream did is unheard of. And he was then told by the powers that be, who shall not be named here, um, that, hey, you can make a couple horror movies for us and then you can have your, we hear you want to make something out of the genre. You get your choice. Uh, Here's some properties that we have. One of the properties that Miramax owned was a documentary called Small Wonders, which is about this music teacher in, in East Harlem named Roberta Gaspari and the violin program that she has. Now that takes place later than Music of the Heart takes place. So this is essentially the backstory to that documentary. Wes Craven has always been a fan of classical music, of education. He was a teacher for a short period of time. Always seemed to, even you you talk with, you hear interviews with actors and crew that he worked with and things like that. And he seems to always have been a teacher, even as a director. You know, he just kind of has that sort of sense to him. Extremely intelligent and funny man, by all accounts. And so this was a movie that I think is extremely personal to him in a lot of ways. And I think it so often gets overlooked because teacher movies have a tendency to be easily very saccharine. Mm-hmm. And there's some of that here. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. But I think Craven actually does, a, a, along with Streep, 
and Cloris Leachman, I think in particular, and a lot of the kid actors, uh, and of course, Angela Bassett, who I yeah. think is excellent in this, they really kind of fight against it as much as they possibly can. I mean, some of it's just inherent to the story, but you know, for example, there are scenes where it would end a certain way in another movie and they just completely resist that. Yeah. Uh, they pull out score, for example, there's sections that in a different movie would be heavily scored and emotionally yeah, to make you emotionally mani- mani- yeah. manipulative. <laughs> yeah. And it pulls out the score uh, in several spots and Frankly, upon rewatch of this a few months back, I realized this was a more authentic portrayal of a music teacher than I had seen in any other movie. The elephant in the room is Mr. Holland's Opus, (laughs) okay, which is a movie I like very much. Okay, I like that movie. (laughs) Yeah, I I like it. I like it very much, and I, I mean that. But I also think it's a little less true to the reality of uh, the day-to-day life of a music teacher. So the way this movie starts is we see the backstory of her marriage and having kids and traveling. She had been married to a... a uh, so Meryl Streep plays Roberta Gaspari. She still has her married name at the beginning yeah. of this movie. I can't remember what it was, to be honest. Demetrius um, or something? Demetrius, yeah. And she still goes by Mrs. Demetrius. She still wears her wedding band and all these mm. things because she's convinced that her her husband, who is uh, in the Navy, she is a military wife, uh, traveled all over the world, was never able to really keep a job because she was going to be moved again uh, so quickly. She finds herself on her own. She moves in with her mother, Cloris played by Cloris Leachman. And I got to say, Cloris Leachman is a powerhouse at the beginning of this movie where she just like grabs the phone away from her and says, nope, (laughs) nope, (laughs) and just hangs up the phone. It's like, you're not going to do this. She's basically the driving force of the movie. She tells her to get dressed and get a job. That's right. And so she goes out and gets a job at as a wrapping gifts. You know, like Which the gift would be wrap area. Kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she doesn't seem to be particularly good <laughs> no. at it. Uh, she runs into an old friend, Brian Turner, played by Aiden Quinn. He's a writer and happens to know the principal of a school in East Harlem. So it's it's an interesting. She kind of forces her way yeah. into getting this job because you know. Um, Okay, so Angela Bassett's character, she's like, we don't have the money. You know, you. this is lovely that... Because she brings, she ends up bringing in her sons to play this violin piece to convince... Well, she says, you know, she, uh, they don't hired. have the money. She hasn't actually taught in a while. She doesn't have any mm-hmm. experience with inner city schools. So mm-hmm. she has, she has points. There's plenty of reasons yeah. not to hire right. her. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the fact that she is hired is kind of a miracle. And oh, as a side note, Nick, the older son in the early parts of the movie, plays the young William Miller in Almost Famous. So uh, just a nice little connection nice. there. Okay. So <laughs> I love the first day of class because she absolutely sucks. <laughs> 
Should you they, know, she should goes. That? She goes in there. Okay, yeah. When the kids are being all rowdy, yeah, and she has they, to uh, wrangle them. <laughs> they're 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 sword fighting with their violin bows, and they're u- <laughs> they're using the violins as machine guns. <laughs> and she's like, "Yo, put them away, put them away." No, no. And it's just she's just like a disaster of classroom management and all these sorts of things. And then she just sort of takes control and says, "All right." You, you're out. Go, go, go. You're out of my class. You're the first person who's out of my class. And then the other kid says, so, and she's, she asks the question, which is one of the things you never do as a teacher. You never give a, you never give a question that they can answer in the affirmative like this. <laughs> says, does anyone else want to leave my class? And one of the kids raised their hands and says, yeah, you know, you never do. Yeah. Don't do that. That's like <laughs> teaching. Teaching 101. Don't do it. We all do it, though. But it's really funny because she says, yeah, it's because I can't remember what he says. You know, playing the violin is dumb or something like that. And she says, well, you didn't give me a good enough reason, so you're staying. I love that because you can see her kind of already starting to get her feet under her just the tiniest bit. And I don't know. It's just kind of it's well done, you know, (laughs) how how that works out. It's it's very real feeling because the first day of school especially the first first day of school is terrifying I bet. Uh, you, when you don't know any of the kids you don't know how they're going to react to you every year the first day of school is is nothing but butterflies and terror what's crazy is even now uh, we're at the end of the school year and if i have like a long break between classes which i don't have a ton of them but i have uh, later in the week, I have like an hour of planning and lunch before my next class comes in. And I find myself just like pacing around the room, waiting for him to show up. It's like I still get nervous. I've already taught the lesson during the week to multiple classes, and I'm still just like nervous about how it's going to go with the next class. So I kind of, and some of that is palpable in this movie, yeah. just sort of the, this is more um, from a teacher's perspective than a student's perspective. And with good reason, because, I mean, it's Roberta's story. Yeah, but it seems like most of these movies are, it's kind of split up between the teachers and the students. But, yeah, it is mostly from her her perspective, and it's her story, yeah. Yeah, and some of the things that, that she does in the classroom that I, well, okay, so Angela Bassett is really interesting character, too, because, I mean, she's kind of like, she's doing the best she can, but it's like, I can't give you attention. I pulled this box knife off a second grader this morning. Mm-hmm. You're just going to have to figure out stuff on your own. And that sort of sets it up nicely right from the beginning too, that there's a certain amount of self-reliance that she's just going to have to have uh, in if she wants to make this whole thing succeed. Which she does. She has the right kind of personality to do this on her own. She does. She does. And she doesn't realize it yeah. though. Because be- she, I think, was so reliant upon her husband before then she and in the when we meet her at the beginning of the movie she seems like she is just crumbling under it all she's crying on the phone about it she's wanting to talk to him she's wanting to work it out she's wanting to do all these things she doesn't know what to do with herself and it's like just yeah get a job you know what to do like you're she's a powerhouse woman she just has to find it again Mm -hmm. exactly and that that's what it comes down to now the scene there are several of these in, throughout the movie, not just in the first part, not just because the first part, half of the movie is essentially her first year of teaching. And then the second half of the movie is 10 years later. Yeah. 
So in the first half of the movie, she does this thing where there's this little girl. He's, she's teaching them how to stand strong, how to stand tall for holding the violin. And she gently sort of pushes this one girl and she sort of stumbles. And she goes, oh, that's because you weren't standing strong. Then she looks down and notices, oh, uh, she has braces on her legs. Okay, teachers do stupid stuff all the time. <laughs> Little secret about it. You've probably noticed. What? Okay. You mess up? Any, we mess what? up. We're, we're, we are, in fact, human. Okay, so how she reacts to it is really kind of beautiful. She's like, you know, Guadalupe, I think I'm going to have you sit down. So just doesn't make a big yeah, deal exactly. out of it. She, she, doesn't... she clearly feels terrible. And you can just see it in her eyes. I mean, Streep is perfect to play this because she can communicate everything so subtly, you know. Yeah, she feels bad, but she also knows that she she doesn't want to call attention to it anymore no. and make her, the girl more embarrassed. No, exactly. She, she could have gone like, oh, yeah. sweetie, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Guadalupe, I can't believe I did that. Blah, blah, blah. She could have done all that. Yeah. But no, she she doesn't. She doesn't draw any more attention to it. And then she turns to her and says, all right, now, who else can I yell at? Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I love how she ends that scene. It's just it's just sort of perfectly done. And She's the kind of teacher that I would have loved to have. I had a couple that were like that. I had a bit of attitude mm-hmm. to them, and they were always my favorite. Because it's like, they're real. Like, don't be too nice I, to me. I don't believe that. It's not true. I'm I'm a little bit salty sometimes. I make a lot of jokes in class, so... See, that's perfect. Especially yeah, for kids, so. too. Kids want to have fun yeah. and keep them engaged yeah. and like like you. That's probably the way to do it. Yeah. Now, it also sets up that I think pretty well that she's not really... Because okay, another thing, teacher movies so often end up being, you know, like the savior coming into the inner city school. That's Especially this one. Yeah, it's definitely has the potential to be a very white savior type of story yeah she really they i think they really they go they go to a little bit of a length to make sure that it's not Mm -hmm. because they show it's like she is not coming in to save anybody because she's coming in to save herself she needs a job yeah she needs a job she needs to get her own life together mm -hmm. and get back on her feet yeah and so the whole thing sequence where uh the one kid uh, naeem his mom pulls him out and, and says you know he's not gonna he doesn't need to play dead white men's music that is a situation that never happened by the way that is dramatic license um <laughs> but that's probably them um, addressing this that very issue they are addressing the white the white savior issue in the movie is what they're doing because she says, we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. You're going to come in here and you're going to try and save these kids. And she's like, no, <laughs> that's, that's like not at all what I'm doing because I have no heroic element within me or the ability to even do that. And she, I mean, even when you get to the second half of the movie, I mean, she can't save the kid from, from getting shot. Yeah. Playing music is giving these kids joy. It's not saving them from some sort of horrible existence. We never see any kind of particularly horrible existence in these kids' lives. We kind of catch glimpses of, you know, like, obviously, uh, my grandma got mugged. Yeah. <laughs> Is is pretty pretty tough moment. And the kids divorce. Um, and the kids divorce, but that 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 happens. Yeah. That happens in in all sorts of of environments. I I live in a my the school that I work at is eh, fairly affluent, I guess you could say. But I mean, there are still all sorts of things. Lots of divorces. Lots of sicknesses. There's violence. All kinds of things that still happen too. Uh, it's just a different kind of environment. Um, I don't know what I was trying to say with that. It's just, 
it's just, I, I think there are some matters that the film addresses that are generally experienced in a lot more schools than people, I think, would even realize. It's probably yeah. every school. Yeah, yeah. It's not talked about. <laughs> yeah, very, very true. I mean, but the movie cuts back and forth a lot between school life and home life. The scenes between uh, Nick and Roberta, I think her oldest son and Roberta, are really heartbreaking in a lot of cases. You know, the whole thing's about he overhears the conversation that his dad is finally leaving and Roberta just kind of shuts down. She's going to quit. She's planning on talking to the principal and saying, and Angela Bassett is so funny because she's like, she comes and I have to talk to you. And, and she just says, take a number. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got to talk to me. But then she goes in and she finds Guadalupe playing the violin in the room by herself. And Guadalupe wants to quit too. Because she can't stand strong. Because she can't stand she's strong. So, she's and so cute. <sighs> she's, she's, I, I, she's probably, at least in the first half, probably my favorite sort of peripheral character in the movie. Guadalupe? Yeah. Because I, I think she, I think it matters a lot um, because, okay, so Roberta tells her about Itzak Perlman. I, I believe it was, he had polio as a child yeah and so he he also sits while he plays um because he he walks with two crutches and he's also considered the greatest violinist living in the world so anyway it comes down to you shouldn't quit something just because it's hard and i know maybe it's a little saccharine maybe it's a little corny stand strong on the inside yeah (laughs) but the way streep delivers it though it could have been so much worse in the hands of another actress. That's true. You know, the way that Streep delivers some of that dialogue that could be so saccharine, I think she handles it in just the right way where it's still impactful, but not bound to make your teeth ache, you know? Yeah, and I think they do a good job with um, her, like I said, her attitude, like the way she is kind of salty, like you said, and the, like juxtaposing mm-hmm. it kind of with those moments to where, I don't know, you kind of believe it more because she's also fighting with herself. Like this first year is her trying to get herself back after her divorce. And so she, it's like she's talking okay. to herself and to the kids at the same time. Yeah. She's telling she's telling and them you, things that someone needs to be telling her and that she needs to be listening to. Exactly. And that's why, and that's why the scene's important because she's telling that to herself yeah. just as much as she's telling it to Guadalupe. You know, I think that is such a key scene uh, for the hinges the rest of the film because she was going to quit and basically Guadalupe's her interaction with Guadalupe is like, no, I can't. I can't quit that because I would be a hypocrite. And I and also so and also as fact, her maybe finally seeing like I, I do have something to offer these kids. I can yeah. make this girl feel better about herself as she becomes, you know, good at the violin and she can have something to be proud of, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, she, in fact, ups the ante and decides she's going to buy a house yeah. in East Harlem. <laughs> Those and signs that's are weird. What the, that, that's the next scene. That's the next scene is her buying that house. some of the contractors. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> oh, gosh. I love that part. The oh, guy that's just like man. stays in that one spot and is like sleeping <laughs> one time the electrician. Yeah, I know. I know. He's... <laughs> You're fired when she fires them yeah. all. That's that's one of the best moments. That's that's a little bit down the line. I want to save that a little bit because all, during all this time she's developed. She has a relationship. Okay, can we with talk Brian. about Brian? <laughs> he's around, then he's not around. Go ahead. What okay, we can talk about? What do Brian. we think about him? I don't like him. <laughs> I think he's. I don't like him, but then like I get it, and he. 
at the same time, but like, ugh. he's career and self focused. He is, and but at the same time, he's really good with the boys. Yeah, boys love him, especially Nick. She just wants a commitment from him. Yeah, but and she shouldn't really expect that like so soon into a relationship. Maybe I don't know what yeah. the fuck I'm talking about, but. I kind of get where he's coming from. It's like, whoa, 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 Mm -hmm. let's take our time and get to know each other better. Maybe. Yeah. But she's just all in like, we're going to get married now, right? Oh, yeah. She's she's just, (laughs) well, she's, it's kind of a rebound relationship for her. Um, He could be a little bit nicer about it. He's kind of a dick sometimes about it. In his reactions when she says stuff like that, he's kind of like, whoa, 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 lady, just because we had sex or whatever doesn't mean we're going to get married like a a dude would do. I don't know. Yeah, I know. He's a a little bit bro-y. He's a little bit Um, bro-y in those moments. Yeah. At the same time, I think he's generally supposed to be more or less a good person i think yeah and you know when you get to the end of the film you can see that he regrets that he let her that he let (laughs) her go but it's like (laughs) sorry too late dude and he's aware of that i think he's like if only i had been a little less selfish yeah or at least career focused self-focused uh at that time maybe i could have seen how good i had it so in these sequences, there's just a lot of that back and forth between, okay, she's has her personal life. She's got her home life back and forth. She says stupid things in class still like says, well, why were you late? It sounds like you haven't been practicing at all. It's like, dude, what's your excuse? What do you, what do you have to say for yourself? I'm sorry. My grandma got mugged. Oh, I'm sorry. Is she okay? She died. Oh, well. You know, I mean, she doesn't even know what to say. I wouldn't know what to say either. No, I mean, there, there was a, there was a kid there was a kid who who came in the other day, and you know, the, the classroom teacher told me ahead of time, you know, hey, this kid's acting out a little bit. It's because his dad's in the hospital, and this other kid is sort of feeding into it a little bit. I'm like, okay, so I was probably a little like mean right at the beginning of class when they came in. I was like, all right, everyone, find your spot, sit, sit. You know, just I wasn't I wasn't letting anybody talk. Basically, but then as soon as everything was kind of knowing everything was going to be safe with me and consistent, we sort of chilled out everyone. We had fun and they were fine. I just, I basically came, they came and said, said, nope, you two aren't sitting next to each other. Yeah. Cause I'm a mean teacher. Right. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes you gotta be mean for the greater good, <laughs> the so to speak. The and, and ultimately the kid who seemed to be having a rough day seemed to have a good day, at least for the 30 minutes he was in my class because it was secure. It was safe. It was consistent, you know, and I think sometimes that's what they need. And so whether they're that kid is completely with it or not, if the environment they're in is consistent, as I think Roberta is trying to provide, it's a positive thing, you know, because that kid who comes in, you know, my grandma died. They're still in there. They're still there. She's still coming into the classroom mm-hmm. to do this program and this elective program, right? Yeah. Because they need it to feel somehow normal for 30 minutes an hour. Or like an and escape. Yeah, perhaps, you know. I, and I don't know exactly if that's how that particular kid is feeling, but... You know, it's a... There is comfort in routines like that when you're going through something, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, she's hard. She's a tough teacher. But sometimes those boundaries are 
comfortable yeah. and needed. Um, so, anyway. but they respect that about her, which I love that scene. <laughs> they really do. They really do. And when, um, uh, there's there's more of that coming up too. I mean, yeah, yeah we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, because the the next scene is the one that I think really moves me. I find really sad, and it could have been so much more typical than it is. I mean, they're looking out. Okay, so Roberta and Nick are looking out the window. And they're seeing like the drug deals going down across on the street. Mm-hmm. Robertus says that his uh, his dad isn't coming home. And tell me about the day that I was born. Was Daddy happy too? Then why is he leaving me? No, right. It's just so <laughs> sad and powerful. And the thing is, this you never want to hear a little origi- kid say that. <laughs> I know. And the thing is, I watched the I watched this movie with a commentary a while back, and. And Craven said that scene was originally scored. Oh, there was so much music better going it. on. Yeah, and they said they just pulled it out because it was just too much. And he said because it could have been a big moment with music and hugs and tears. It isn't. Mm-hmm. It shows so much restraint because they don't even touch each other at the end of that scene. He just walks away. That's true. Yeah. And it's like, it's so, it's sad. I mean, it, it's a sad scene. Um, but I think it shows... It has so many of Craven's themes, which are family, and he de- he dealt a lot with divorce because I mean that's one of the first things he knew as a human being was divorce, and then the death of his father, and it's just father being gone. Well, his 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 father was literally buried on his fourth birthday. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, and all he remembers of his father, and that it's interesting that the father is not in the picture at all. There's a photograph of mm-hmm. him. That's, that's it. it. There's no there's no actual interactions. It's almost like he doesn't exist. And that's very craven. You'd almost <laughs> yeah, you would almost expect like one of those scenes yeah. of like them the, the, the child handoff thing, you know, whenever yeah. he goes to, they go to their his house for Christmas or whatever, but they show the the one thing they do is they show them getting on the plane yeah, to go visit it. him. That's it. And then uh, Brian comes home and surprises her. I love that scene with um, her and Nick because I think it also shows because, oh, God, the relationship of her to her kids in the movie is just so I love it. They're oh, so sweet. Those kids are awesome, especially in the, the second half when they're older. The second they're half. Perfect. I love them in the I second love them. half so but, much. Um, and that scene in particular, like it kind of shows her her kind of deep connection to them and just in the way um, it was like a random thing that happened that he happened to be born on, you know, her grandfather's birthday or whatever. Yeah. But that's still like a, a connection. It's like, I knew you were going to be born in that day. And I, I wanted you to be born in that day. Cause she was, cause she said, said she was sad because she was sad because she missed him. Cause she missed he him. Was gone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It was just in that, that, that story yeah. kind of showed me like, Oh, there, she has, she like deeply, deeply loves her children and you can see it. Yeah. That's what I got from it. Definitely. And she's, she's hard on them, just like she is on her students, you know, in a lot of ways sometimes. You know, she's always asking them, go practice your violin yeah. and all these sorts of things. But, but they're good then, kids and they respond good, to it, so. They're, they are good kids. They are good kids, partially because I think she is as hard on herself as she is on anyone else. Mm-hmm. She expects level, a certain level of discipline from herself as well. Is that like a music person thing to maybe just have more self-discipline? Because she talks about, you know, the violin being such a I, difficult instrument to learn. Mm-hmm. You have to have discipline to, to learn it and to practice. I think there, and frankly, there's a number of studies that have shown that, you know, students who, if they play an instrument or sing in an ensemble, they are generally more um, 
It's like grade point averages are higher. There's more, there's generally more discipline. It's like self-discipline. They're more self-starters in a lot of cases because it does take a lot of self-discipline to be get, to get good at an instrument or at singing. Yeah, that's so I, I mean, I play guitar. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a, having a folk instrument. So it's, it's somehow different. I never played an instrument like a, in than like a classical instrument. We had one thing I remember in school. I think it was before sixth grade or whatever just so i think it was the thing where kids could like try out all the different instruments to see if you Uh actually wanted to to go forward and be in be in the band or whatever and i think i did the best at the tuba so i I almost played the tuba but i was like nah (laughs) tuba is super fun yeah i i had to learn a little bit of flute and a little bit of trombone to try and teach some beginning stuff a couple years ago and boy that was like I did <laughs> trombone. I could do a little bit, but flute, I could not get that thing to make a sound. Really? Then my daughter picked up the thing and she played it instantly. Maybe and women made, are just better at it. <laughs> well, my, my wife was able to do it too. Yeah. And but my mom, my, my grandma, my mom and my sister all played the flute. And I think my sister was in the marching band too. My daughter is actually quite a good flautist. She's been playing for just a couple of years now. And um, her teacher is very impressed with how good she is and if she practiced she'd be even better <laughs> <laughs> so um, you have to be a mean teacher and go yell at her and yeah, tell her to practice gonna, her flute yeah and my my son actually plays the bassoon oh wow which is a very kind of mathematical instrument so it kind of works for him kind of interesting that my youngest son doesn't play an instrument at all which is fine uh we don't have i we're, we're not pressuring anybody to do any of it in fact it was just they wanted to play so that's where that came from but when they get back to the school stuff i kind of love the next couple scenes because you have the whole thing where she's she does this whole thing, you know, we have this concert coming up, and if you play like that, you're going to make your parents sick. They're going to throw up. You're going to make your parents throw up. This is the part I was talking about before, up. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then the kid calls her out, do you have two of those skirts? You wore just <laughs> one just like it on Monday. Yeah. And I love that. And she's just kind of like, okay. And then, and then trying naive. to like throw it back at her. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. There's a little bit of that back and forth there. And um, then Naeem's mom uh, brings him back in because she has said, you know, you should have seen Naeem when he plays. His whole face lights up and he loves it. You should see that. So that's what ultimately convinces her. Uh, to bring Naeem back. And, and I love she she like walks back to get in position. She does this little sort of dance step mm-hmm. on the way back. She does. It's just, it's, it's lovely. I got that, and then, yeah. Because she's and like, then she gets, I did it. I, got I love it. I love that part. Because um, that, just that exuberance of it all. But then she's confronted by, she's called into the principal's office by a parent. To have a parent-teacher <laughs> conference with the principal you're just being too mean to the kids and all these sorts of things. You're being too harsh. And she says, well, they got to practice. They got to listen to me. They got to, she's, she's not articulating her position well no. at all. <laughs> she's just sounding like, any meaner. Exactly. She sounds like a drill sergeant pretty much. She does. <laughs> and then I love the next scene where she was like, because they play and they play really poorly. <laughs> it's not good. And says, that was okay. Um, <laughs> Maybe you should all just try a little harder and 
practice a little more you can get better than <laughs> no i love when uh, she she calls out that one student she's like she almost dips back into her being me. yeah <laughs> she pulls it back right at the end she's like did you practice it all this week <laughs> she has this look on her face where she's like wait right. nope can't do nope. that yep. <laughs> i love it <laughs> and then, then the one kid Roberta, why are you acting like this? <laughs> Deshaun, I love Deshaun. Yeah, he's perfect. Deshaun is great. Deshaun's great. And then, well, don't you want to have nice teachers? <laughs> I already have nice teachers. You brought some variety. <laughs> this is what I was talking about. I'm with Deshaun on this, right? And then this is, okay, is everyone okay with this? And she looks at the uh, kid whose parent talked to her. And She's like, yeah, just, you're weird now. <laughs> this is This is weird. This is worse than before. And she, she goes, all right, it stunk. <laughs> you know, it was just kind of this, it's a fun moment. Okay, that's enough. Thank you. Well, that was pretty good. That was not so bad. It wasn't, though we stunk. Well, I wouldn't put it that way. I would just say that some people could maybe practice a little bit more. James, did you practice at all this week? Okay, well, perhaps you could try a little harder for next week. Okay? Good. Because all you got to do is your best. Roberta, why are you acting like that? Like what? Like nice. Well, don't you want a nice teacher? I already got nice teachers. You added some variety. Yeah, we like you better the way you used to be. Yeah. yeah. I agree. This is even worse. You're acting weird now. Okay. I take it all back. You stunk. You all stunk. <laughs> Don't tell your parents that I said that, okay? Okay, let's do it again. Right, this time. Stand up straight. Make the box with your feet. Come on, tabletops up. Stop sign, beautiful, let's go. Five, six, seven, and... And, you know, there is there is that whole... Because it's important as a teacher to be yourself. I mean, to mm-hmm. within reason, of course. You're not going to express every thought in your head. But... At the same time, you know, what, where's the balance, you know, between yeah. the boundaries and the discipline and the, I always wonder about that. Like I would be, and... I'd be terrible. At that. Like I wouldn't know, like how far can I go with my, my sarcasm? And whatever. Yeah. And you know, and the thing is you kind of test your limits and sometimes mm-hmm. you'd go over them and you make mistakes and you just kind of try and fix it. There is an art, I think, to just talking to children in general I think some yeah. people probably talk down to them too much and, yep. and don't respect them as people. And that's that's where you get the wrong reaction from them, you know. But if you just talk to them like everybody else, like that's what they're going to respect and respond to the most, I think. That's what I've always found. Yeah, I mean, I've never particularly been a, a teacher that, except like early on, but over time, I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's not me. And I, I don't think the kids responded to it any better anyway so like even with my first graders and my kindergartners i'm i don't i don't talk in the higher yeah, voice you know, All right, talk I, I don't do any of that i just talk in my normal voice it's like 
All right, everyone, have a seat, sit down, shut up. You know, I don't say shut up, but it's, you know. They shut up, they be quiet. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, quiet, please. You know, that sort of thing. But yeah, anyway, there's there's just all that sort of stuff like that. And, you know, Brian surprises her at Christmas and they have a nice little time. And her mom comes over to the, to the house and is kind of freaked out and all that stuff. It's like, I want to live where I work. And then you get into the whole scene where she's being ripped off by the contractors. Well, like you were talking about, they have that whole, uh, you know, Nick's getting in fights at school and they have that day at the park where they're with Brian and everything is having fun. It's like, Hey, he's going to be our dad now. And he's like, I, I'm not ready to make a commitment, you know? And this is what I mean. Like, I, uh, I, I want to hate him because he's being like so immature. It's like, you're, you're coming into these he kids is. lives and you're, you're giving them hope in a way that maybe they'll have another father figure around. And, but yeah. you're not, he's, he's not mature enough in a way almost he's to not. make, to make that kind of commitment, which he's is really not, which is fine. It's not, it's not his fault. No. It's not her fault. That's just, they're just not as compatible. It's just where they, they are. Be. Yeah. It's just where they're, yeah, they're different places they in their are. lives. Y- Exactly. Um, but Nick's whole line there where he says, the problem with you is you're mean and everyone to everyone and they leave. Daddy left, now Brian will leave Oh, too. and they have the whole fight thing in the apartment. Oh, gosh. And he throws the violin to the floor and all those sorts of things. And oh, gosh. And then she finally just sort of has it. She's had it. She goes and she fires all the contractors in her house. I love how she's turning off the different boom boxes and then there's a different <laughs> kind of music playing and then she turns it off and there's a different kind of music playing. I know. I that, just, was good, that, that was a good that moment. Seek, that moment is so funny. And um, that's one thing that Craven, I don't think, gets a lot of credit for is that he had a real sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of intentional humor in, like, say, Nightmare on Elm Street. But there definitely is in stuff like Shocker and in... Oh, yeah. There's some in Nightmare. People Under the Stairs, for, oh, sure. for sure. I mean, there's... He really did have a have quite a sense of humor. Kind of a kind of a wicked sense of humor, I as so. I understand. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> And then she fires everyone, including Brian. Brian. <laughs> it's like it's like she says, "I need to be with a man." Well, he literally she, calls she, her an she, idiot. She stresses that tone, though. She says, "I need to be with a man." Yeah, it's like it's basically saying you're a boy. Then it just goes right to the spring concert, and you know the kids, and where it's like this is the this is the beginning of her life reclaimed, independent Roberta Gaspari yeah. because she has a massively successful concert. And then we cut to 10 years later. She's teaching at three different schools. I was an itinerant teacher too. That's hard work to go from one school to the next. And, you know, she's always got like three bags and she's got <laughs> three violins, including her own. And and that's right out of the documentary. The thing with the parking ticket. <laughs> the thing with the parking ticket was in the documentary. Yeah. She, she actually narrates uh, that documentary herself. Oh, cool. She was an itinerant teacher at three different schools in East Harlem and had to go to a lottery program because there were so many kids that wanted to do this thing. So that, that was kind of the sad it, thing about this. Yeah. Cause there are some, some, some kids that aren't going to get it. I know. That's what I kind of, yeah. I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool that it's become so successful, but oh, you have to do it by a yeah. lottery system. That kind of sucks that not everybody can be involved, but yeah. 
there's only one of her, so I understand. That's right. <laughs> there is only one of her, and and she's she's already spread really thin. You can tell. I mean, by doing this program, you know, going and getting all the parking tickets, <laughs> racking up racking up parking tickets because they she can't get a space and there's nowhere to park, and she's got classes <laughs> at certain times and all these sorts of things. That's all real. That's yeah. That's a hundred percent real, uh, it, which is interesting. That the, then the, all the interactions with her sons are so great. I know, I love them. Kieran Culkin, um, God. Kieran Culkin as Lexi is so great. It's like I love the the part where he says, "Why don't you ever pick on Lexi? Because I'm perfect. He's, because he's, he's perfect. perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. And they're such like they're just like good boys, you know. They are. I love that. I don't know why. I just like seeing that they on are. screen. They they care about her. They try to get her a date, and they're just like good yeah. kids. And they have such a great relationship with their with her mother. Yeah, and you know, she sort of she sort of um, realizes stuff about herself still, which I like. She's not like arrived, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years, so now I do it perfectly or any crap like that because mm. that's bullshit. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. and she's been doing that for 10 years. She's also neglected her personal life, which yep. they, they address, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even when she's has that session with the private violin student where mm. where she said, "Did I turn you into such a perfectionist?" Yeah. <laughs> and she says, "No, I came that way." It's like, "Okay." <laughs> But then, you know, the kids that get in like that, the kid Ramon that wants to get into the class so bad and he's so excited and they show him practicing at home and his parents are and his brothers are like, stop that screeching. Ah, well, are you done strangling cats in there? You know, I mean, it's just. That's kind of a great little moment, too. Like after the lottery, when she's walking outside and all the kids are showing their parents that they got into the program and the, the parents and the kids are both excited. Yeah. So you can tell like what a positive impact this has had on the community oh for sure for sure um she's and then she does things that kind of suck still right you know like she kicks vanessa out of her class because she does she's late and she doesn't have her violin and she runs into them as they're getting into the car into the dad and says mm-hmm. hey you know vanessa's gonna not be able to be in the class anymore if she can't remember her violin it's like uh, I, i'm sorry uh, it's at her mom's house uh, we're splitting up and you know we're going back and forth yeah Forget going things. back and forth and she goes oh um well maybe write a note uh, a schedule so you know when to bring your violin okay <laughs> i mean it's just it's that same thing that she did mm-hmm. when pushing over guadalupe yeah at the beginning of the movie you know it's that same sort of foot in your mouth kind of thing that you're gonna feel like shit about but yeah it's the same it's the same thing in that scene she doesn't do the like oh honey i'm so sorry i had no idea no. you were going through this she's just like oh okay I screwed up there. Like, we'll find a way to work it out. It doesn't, yeah, yeah, doesn't, doesn't, again, doesn't embarrass her or make her feel worse than she, than the kid already probably does for disappointing her teacher, which she doesn't want to do. Right, right, exactly. You know, and she really wants to be part of it all. And you see that because she's one of the people that gets selected to be part of the fiddle fest too. Um, So she's committed to it all. You know, then you have these different things going on, like the the one kid who's on the baseball team and he's having his sister bringing him his violin so that he doesn't (laughs) get caught with it and all these sorts of things like... And then the fight between Ramon and Justin, you know, where oh. it says, I, I wish you would drop dead. And then we find out in the next scene that Justin, in fact, gets shot uh, in a drive-by shooting. Again, um, this this was poetic license. <laughs> this was dramatic license. Mm-hmm. But it's an effective sequence. You know, when she just, she addresses the class, they're all sitting down. Does anyone want to talk about it? Ramon raises his hand and says... I just want to play violin. 
She just goes to his house and he's like, I told him to drop dead. And she goes, well, I don't think you're that powerful. I think that was the right thing to say in the moment, though, you know? Yeah. It's a little bit funny. It's a little bit awkward. It's very mm-hmm. natural. Yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't feel scripted. It just feels like something someone would say when they don't know what to say. Yeah. And and I kind of love that about it. And then that whole thing, it's 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 okay to cry. And and Ramon's response is not for a man, which is so sad. And he just goes, My boys cry, and I bet Justin's daddy cried. That scene gets to me, yeah. I gotta say. It's 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 really powerful. And it's not again, I don't feel like that is so overly sentimentalized. I don't either. think it is either. Where in the hands of another filmmaker, another actor, I think it could be. We had talked about this before I watched this movie again. I hadn't seen yeah. it since it came out. And like yeah. you mentioned like your your feelings about that part of it, um, about the movie. And so when I watched it I was like, you know, yeah, you know what? You're kinda right. I'm not I don't have that same kind of corny feeling that you get from yeah. other teacher movies that we talked about before uh, off mic. It, it does do things a little bit differently, but just as effectively. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I think so too. And that's why this movie, I think, feels more authentic to me than some of those other teacher movies do. Because it feels more real, a little a little dirty, a little you know, like a, a little messy because life is messy and teaching is messy because we're all t- humans and we and we fuck up also in other teacher movies like sometimes the teachers get a little bit too involved in the students lives oh whatever could you be talking i don't know um (laughs) yeah but yes there's this one scene where she goes to ramon's apartment that's about it and and that is and she her parent his parents are there yeah it's a situation where it's there's nothing particularly inappropriate about that interaction yeah the parent his parents Um, didn't even know about the kid who had who had been killed so they didn't know what their son was going through so it was kind of probably good that Mm -hmm. she was there for that but yeah there's there's none of that she doesn't get super involved in their lives and because otherwise sometimes that feels really wrong And it is because I mean it's, it's, it's technically it's, it's it's illegal yeah. <laughs> too, you know. I mean, just in general, spending those... time with them outside of the classroom is not cool. There needs to be professional yes. distance. I mean, that's it's it's important, and it's I mean it's it's protection for the students and for the teachers. Frankly, that's why you know that's why Mr. Holland's mis- opus is not that Mr. great. Mr. Holland's opus thing. I mean, it's not that, that great. <laughs> that sequence. Yeah, I get it. I get it. He sees this woman who, I mean, but I mean, for Christ's sake, she's what, 16? And he doesn't do anything, but he's, um, and I'm not here to dump on Mr. Holland's opus, but she represents, you know, that whole freedom and all these sorts of things that he doesn't feel like he has because, you know, he's got a disabled son and he's got put so much energy into all this and he's stuck you know, living the life that he doesn't want to live, which is another thing I hate about so many of these movies. <laughs> the, the, the those who can't teach movies, those who can't do teach. And this movie is a teeny tiny bit that, but not very much. She said, uh, I never really had the skills to play in Carnegie Hall or, you know, earlier on in the film. You know, yeah. she did. She didn't have the she wasn't able to be a concert violinist. But it's just a moment. It's a passing moment. It's not it's not like, oh, this was my dream. It's not to like her ultimate goal. Vi- like no. Being a teacher is a stopover on the way to her ultimate goal. Yeah. You never get that which feeling. Is what from, Mr. Ho- which is what Mr. Holland's opus is. Yeah. Mr. Holland's opus is, I couldn't hack it as a in the real world, so I'm just going to teach. Yeah. And that kind of sucks. I hate that that is so often the premise for these movies. 
because just about everybody, and I actually wrote these, wrote this in my school of rock notes is because so many teachers, so many music teachers that I know, we never had intentions of becoming concert anything. We didn't major in music performance. We majored in music education. Music performance was a whole other ball of wax. And that's Whiplash. Okay. (laughs) That's why we're not talking about Whiplash. Whiplash is a better movie than this. Whiplash is not my experience. So I love Whiplash. I can't wait to talk about it. I really wanted to pair Whiplash with School of Rock. (laughs) I know. I know. But but the the, the reason why I changed is because it's just not my experience. I, I didn't. That's music performance. Music performance is brutal. It's incredibly competitive. And it's a world that is like, I just am glad I was never really a part of. Yeah, I perform sometimes. I play guitar for shows and stuff like that. But mostly it's like, hey, you're a good enough guitar player or bass player to play in our show. Let's have some fun. Get a little, get paid a little bit. Yeah. And by a little bit, I mean a little bit, (laughs) you know? Um, So, so that's, that's how it works. But most people who go into music teaching, it's not because it was something to fall back on. It was because that was, there's some, there's no doubt about it, but most it's like, no, I really do want to teach music. I was inspired by a teacher, and that was my experience. Uh, I was inspired by a teacher who was a great music teacher, and I wanted to do that too. Anyway, we have all the dating service scenes. You meet, <laughs> we meet Dan, who seems like a nice guy. J.O. Sanders. He's, I love J.O. Yeah, Sanders. <laughs> he's, he's terrific. He's a little bit awkward. I love that. He's just kind of like, he goes in to kiss her. It's like, um, it's like no. Uh, <laughs> get, kind of gets shut down. But he's a total nice guy. Yeah. And he's, he's, not, he's not being a creep or anything like that. And he's really respectful of it all and her boundaries and everything like that. And I, and I really, I really dig that about him. Definitely like him more than Brian. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But then we get to the whole thing with the budget cuts. Which is another thing with teachery movies, especially, especially music teacher and any kind of arts, you know, teacher movies is always like, but it's, I guess it's the truth. Like when, um, this is what actually happened. This actually did happen. Okay, so there's, but I it's always like it's always like there's always budget cuts to the arts program. And it's always about saving the arts, you know. It's, that's yeah. what I mean. I just mean that's another kind of trope of these kinds of movies. It is, it is, and you know, and that's the ending of Mr. Holland's Opus is they're shutting down yeah. his program, which would be ridiculous. They would not do that to Mr. Holland's program. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, unless he was in a really, really shitty district, because because his his program was too successful. Well, so is yeah. Roberta's, and Roberta's is successful too. And the thing is, she's in a different kind of school though. You know, she's in an alternative school. Budgets are far oh, more true. limited. That's right, yeah. It's, it's yeah, not a public it's, school. It's not, it, is, it is technically public, but their charter schools are a little different. I never really understood that, but yeah. Okay. I, yeah. They're hard to, it's hard to understand <laughs> at all. Okay. Yeah, so they, they, yeah, they need to raise money. Yeah, so they need to raise money to save the program. And so they, uh, Jane Leaves plays a, she's a photojournalist for a magazine, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So she suggests a benefit concert and gets her husband, Arnold Steinhardt, uh, who is a famous violinist that I had not heard of until seeing this movie. Because um, <laughs> <So laughs> I'm not a violinist. Because I'm not a violinist. I'm not a violinist. <laughs> to get some of his friends together and uh, maybe have a little concert. Uh, Who's to one of his friends, Brian? One of his friends is Itzak Perlman. Oh, my God. What do you know? 
Yeah, so this is this part is yeah, it's a little bit tropey. This is probably the tropiest part of the movie. Um, is you know the whole benefit concert. Let's save our program. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Let's give them big fight. To really stick happened. it to the man. Let's <laughs> stick it to the man. Right. But it also um, really happened. So. And yeah, it did. But there. But she. All the rehearsals they have to do. I love the part where Roberta's late. <laughs> You know, to the class. <laughs> and they make and fun of her. <laughs> Carlos starts to lead the class. He's, oh, no, that was terrible. So he starts imitating her. It's like, if you're going to imitate me, you should do it right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that part. It's so great. And then you have Rachel uh, brings her violin back and, you know. Oh, yeah. When she has, oh, oh, gosh. God, that's a heartbreaking. heartbreaking scene. Yeah. Yeah. Because her father's been hurting her mom. And so, so you can't give this up. And and she gives her one of the 50 violins that she bought in Greece, you know, that started this whole program. Um, and they show her walking off with it. So the uh, the original venue falls through because of a water leak. There's no place available. What are they going to do? Oh, my gosh. <gasps> Carnegie Hall is available. And this really happened. That's the I thing. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's, it's just like, it's kind of unbelievable, but Carnegie Hall is where Fiddle Fest took place for 10 years. I was really in the moment in this part. So when, what's her name, that that character's name? Uh, the, I can't remember the, the character's name. The ah. actress is, is Jane Leaves. Okay. Uh, yeah. When Frasier. she comes over and when she says Carnegie Hall and they have that moment where she's like, oh my God. Like, I was like, I was like, yeah. I'm feeling that. That's yeah, yeah. That's no a kidding. little teary. But, I was like, that's but awesome. I love her reaction. It's after she's all excited, she's like, "We can't play, we can't Carnegie, play Carnegie Hall," Hall. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Which I totally get that, you know. And um, getting ready for the concert and all the stuff, and she's she's freaking out. She's like, starts straightening up the apartment. Um, just these nice little moments. Oh, in, there's in, a, in also, we kind of skipped over. There is a we did. great moment with um, her and the principal. Oh yeah, she, I love the, the interaction she has with the principal because this is another one of her faults. It's like she's not recognizing the people that are on her side. Yes, enough. it's true. You're firing me. It wasn't me, Roberta. The board of ed cut the budget. The district had to comply. As of the end of this term, the violin program has been accessed. Accessed. They specifically said that my violin program has to go. They slashed the budget. Music and art programs got hit the worst. Yeah, what about Dennis's classes? Uh, I'm tenured, Yeah. Roberta. When was this decided anyway? Things happen very quickly. I wanted to tell you myself. It's just... Are you hoping this is happening? Why not? You are a sub. Your position has never been permanent. Hey, Dennis. Why don't you this sit is down? Not, Dennis. This is the happiest day of your life, isn't it? Come into the office. You are not helping. There must be some way that we can fight this. Fight it with what? I don't have any other extra programs I can give them instead. Oh, I see. I see. After 10 years, after 1,400 kids have been, have learned the violin, this is just an extra program. You know I don't feel that way. And you know damn well I've been standing by you all these years. You think I haven't noticed what you've done for these well, kids? Well, then do something! I have been on this phone for the past three days trying to do something. They're sick of hearing my voice. Believe me, there are other people around here I would much rather get rid of. But as far as the board is concerned, violin classes are not a priority. I don't have the power here, Roberta. 
and she needed that moment because <laughs> she should have known like she we could see it in the way that she what's the principal's name oh my god i'm terrible at this <laughs> I, I, I i can't remember I, angela I just, bassett like, whatever angela bassett um but let me let me look up her character's name real quick you can see the way that she stood up for roberta against that other teacher who's an asshole and annoying oh, yeah. and and, and also a terrible teacher yeah by the way that was also a fabrication there was not an an, an opposing and an, an, an opposing antagonist team. teacher janet opposing. williams and angela angela bassett plays plays janet williams yeah so she has that's a good moment that she needed so show just to show i think that roberta's not perfect well after she gets also, fired she's she's has her reaction is basically janet's the enemy yeah you know and she's, not she's the enemy all. and and so even when she answers the door and her mom answers the door and says, beware Greeks bearing you know what. I know. She's seen as the enemy the whole time. And it's like, she's been fighting for you for 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. You know, she's the one who helps facilitate this whole parent-teacher meeting in their house and everything. And, and it's a beautiful sequence. Honestly, if there's anything I wish there was more of in this movie, it's Angela Bassett. Really? I know. You know, she's she's in it. Very little, but she's just dynamite in every scene she's in, as to be is to be expected. She's, I mean, she's great in Critters Four. <laughs> <laughs> so um, great at everything. Yeah, yeah. So Angela Bassett is just wonderful. One of my seriously, one of my favorite actresses. I think she's so she's so talented, and just good and everything. But you know, just having that whole then there's this. Okay, so she tears her the hem of her dress. As she's getting ready and, and it's like, we'll get ready in the car. And her mom is sewing the hem of her dress. And they just have this wonderful little moment between Meryl Streep and Cloris Leachman. Thank you, mom. Thank you for getting me out of bed. And she said, don't thank me. Thank Charles, Charles. her, her ex-husband. If he hadn't left you, none of this would have happened. And it's just sort of that realization of her own independence and her own. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think when she realizes that independence, maybe she is now realizing hey you know maybe maybe this guy dan is all right you know because he brings yeah. the flowers and she seems he's there to sort for of, her yeah she, yeah he's there for her she seems to melt a little bit towards him just i mean this is not any time spent on it at all but it's just it's just kind of like it's nicely handled um you know there's not a big romance thing yeah. between them that's that's displayed but but you get the sense that maybe something could be happening there. And she's made it to Carnegie Hall. Oh, that's a good uh, scene too. Whenever she just goes into the empty stage. Yeah. I love that part. And, and, she that, just... and that guy's like, you know, if you yeah. listen over there, Isaac you can Stern, hear yeah. Beethoven or whatever in that corner. I, I don't know. I like that whole little sequence. That was really cute. Yeah. It's like all of Vladimir Horowitz and, and Tchaikovsky and all these names that you don't know are here. <laughs> To welcome everyone who comes. That's such a good moment. Basically, that. it's like you belong here. You and the kids belong here just as much as any of them. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful moment. And I love even before that because she plays her violin in the empty room and it just sort of echoes out. And that's important because after this big concert. I didn't catch this until I read your article. So that was good. Oh, you read the article. Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And I caught well, that and I went back and I played that scene again. I was like, oh my God, he's right. I love that. Yeah. It is the, my my favorite moment in the movie. Yeah. The, okay. So they're the big concert. Yay. It's fun. We're funded for a year. And, ah, yeah. It's a really cool way they have it it's set a, it's up. It's a too. neat concert too. It's a great concert and the way they have it set up where it's like kid and then a 
classical musician kid like they're just they're standing right next to each other and and they're the kids are doing just as awesome as the pros are and i love that okay so it it also the guy with the hat hat. (laughs) oh yeah the uh i can't remember his name the the fiddler yeah yeah one of the things I also really like, and it draws it back to the discussion she has with Naeem's mom earlier in the movie. It's like, can you name a black classical violinist? And it's like, well, there are like four of them on the stage at the end of the movie. Just this sort of ethnically and racially diverse group of kids and, you know, successful world-class renowned musicians. And Mm -hmm. I really like that. It's not, they don't make a big deal out of it, but it's there and it's important that representation that is shown there very nicely done. But again, Craven doesn't like spotlight it. It just is. And it's really well done. But my favorite thing about the whole movie is the next scene is she's just sitting down with that little huddle of kids and she's just teaching the parts of the violin again. That's such a perfect way to do it. And, you know, it's like the horse hair and, and, and he calls it the frog hair at first, but no, yeah. the frogs at the at the end of the bow. And then she plays a note and the note is the sound that is played is the sound that from Carnegie Hall. The sound of her playing the same note in Carnegie Hall. It's so subtle. (laughs) I didn't notice it until the last time I watched it. It was like, oh man, (laughs) I see what he did there. And it's it's just so (laughs) profound. Something about that is just so beautifully done. Uh, Then it does the closing credits and I don't really love the closing song. (laughs) I think it sort of breaks the mood, unfortunately. Okay, so I, I... the the marketing the title the the sort of pop music the Gloria doesn't Estefan work of it all. doesn't the Gloria Estefan of it all uh, and she's fine she's, in her role I love her. <laughs> she, she, she's 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 fine in her role uh, she's she has a very small part in the movie but I think that the all of that stuff sort of makes it seem like a movie that it's not and I think that's why a lot of people sort of stay away from this movie because okay Wes Craven making this movie yeah what. Um, it's like, well, for for goodness sake, uh, yeah, I know that song was nominated for an Oscar and good for it, but Meryl Streep was nominated for an Oscar for this role. I mean, she's nominated for everything, it seems like, but it's a really terrific performance. To me, what she's doing in this is the balancing act that's a really challenging one to make this not a saccharine kind of thing. Um, as much as, it, or at least not as much as it could be. Because like we mentioned before, there is some of that. There's um, a little bit of sentimentality. Gotta have that. Yeah. But it's a, it's sort of the nature of a story like this. Yeah. It's hard to avoid yeah. it. So, but anyway, uh, that's really sort of my thoughts on on school on <laughs> school of rock <laughs> on music of the heart, which is a movie I think people really should give another shot to. I'm glad that's you, my opinion. Yeah, I'm glad I got to give it another shot because, like I said, I haven't seen it since it came out, and yeah, I kind of re- from what I remembered of it, I did kind of write it off as one of those sappy, you know, like good old music teacher saves the day kind of movies but yeah rewatching it it didn't feel that at all when i watched it i felt a lot different but it was i mean it's still there it's still there it's there to some extent but but i think it's more music teacher saves herself yeah than it is music teacher saves a bunch of kids movie you know and she helps the kids yeah. And she helps the kids along the way. But <laughs> I mean, does. but it's more about, it's more focused on her finding herself again mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I think that especially the first half. One of the things Craven has said is, and I think he's right, is that a lot of his movies, most of his movies are in some way uh, female empowerment, empowerment movies. And <laughs> 
you can see that in so many of his characters that he's interested in. I mean, from Nancy Thompson to Sidney Prescott to Lisa in Red Eye. Definitely. Um, to, uh, to Roberta in this film, that sense of, of strength and independence and being strong without the need of someone else, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I see that over and over again in, in his films. And, and he didn't say that in any sort of, well, my movies are about, you know, that, that wasn't his style. But it was just like, uh, you know, I think it's it's there, <laughs> you know? I do. I'd love to talk about Red Eye someday, yeah. Oh, yeah. Red Eye is, Red Eye is again, I think another really underrated movie. It totally is. Yeah. And I, my um, third part of, of my Wes Craven series came out the day we're recording this. And I praise Red Eye quite a bit in that article <laughs> because... It deserves it. I sort of highlight some of the movies that that are not as as championed, and Red Eye is one of them. The other one is My Soul to Take. Um, I spend a little bit more time on those. Yeah, I'm glad I got to watch this one again because I definitely had a different experience with it than I thought I was, and I really liked it. Really, really did. And I can I can see what you saw in it too, and why it means something to you. Okay, so switching gears to something that is really. School I mean, this Rock. is just joy. School of Rock. <laughs> this movie is just joy in celluloid form, is it not? I mean, it it's, is. I um okay. So I watched this again this morning, and I looked at my letterboxed, and I had only given it four stars, and I was like, how could I? <laughs> this movie is perfect. Perfect. I, I mean, I can't think of any reason why I would only give this movie four <laughs> stars. So yes, now it has five yeah, um, yeah. because it's amazing. And okay, I have a clear preference between Music of the Heart and School of Rock, and it's definitely School of Rock. I love both these movies, but I mean, that's not to, to disparage Music of the Heart, <laughs> but this movie is just, oh, from... From the opening scene to <laughs> the like, ending, it's just it's everything about it. I happy, love it. Yeah, it's such a happy, joyous movie. I don't have as much experience with this. Like I said, this is my mm-hmm. pick, but it's really kind of, we both were just like, yes, we're yeah. talking about School of Rock. Totally. Yeah. Because I only just saw this for the first time last year. Is like, I, I, I've seen like the, the gifts and I've seen people like talking about it and referencing it. But I was like, oh yeah, School of Rock. I never, that was one I never got around to. And knowing people love it, but not really getting it. And then I watched it yeah. one day and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this you know, movie makes me so happy and puts me in such it's, a good mood and is yeah. somewhat it's inspiring. <laughs> it's what? <laughs> it's, it's a joy bomb. I mean, it's, from the, it's, it's just it delightful. Is. It is. And like, as soon as I watched it, I was like, yeah, this is going to be one of those like movies I have on regular rotation. And mm-hmm. um, one of my very good friends, uh, Greg, hi Greg. I don't know if you're listening. He actually uh, he sent me a copy of mine of School of Rock of my own. Oh, cool! Which is really sweet because I think he was the one that kind of pushed me into finally watching the movie, and then he saw how much I'm in love with it I was, and it's was like, I want you to have this so you can have something to uplift you sometimes. Which yeah. We all need that, and that's definitely what this movie does. This movie is purely one of those movies if you if i am feeling blue or yeah you know even down on on my work sometimes i feel especially a year like this this has been an impossible yeah. year to try and be a teacher because we are sure. getting shit on from every direction and we're just trying to do our best with a horrible situation and i uh 
can put this movie on and it just sort of rejuvenates my love of, you know, why I love teaching. And now here's the thing. And I said these two movies together <laughs> are the most authentic portrayals of a music teacher I've ever seen. And you went, School of Rock? Really? And I said, well, the premise is, is yeah. fantasy. The premise is ridiculous, okay? But his interactions with the kids mm-hmm. in particular, the connections he makes with them are very authentic. The self-confidence that he gets yeah, that he never expected to get from being a teacher. And shares with them is very real. It's one It's one thing that who learns more, the teacher or the students? Yeah. <laughs> the teacher does. Yeah. It's always the teacher who does. And, you know, again, this movie starts out as him being the, I'm going to be a rock star. Wonderful opening credits, though. The, the opening credits are awesome. Yeah, and they filmed it when it was still the School of Rock. So, the School of so, Rock. So uh, that's a that's a little thing. If you watch the special feature on there, it it's yeah. uh, it's a it's a tidbit <laughs> a tidbit on that. But you know, he's 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 <laughs> Jack Black. This is the quintessential Jack Black performance. Can we talk about Jack Black for a minute? <laughs> oh, I think it will be more than a minute. Jack Black is just what he's awesome. Yes. He's amazing. I love him. Love him to death. Especially, yeah, I can't believe I had never... I already loved him from, like, uh, The Holiday is, like, one of my mm-hmm. favorite movies. I love that. And he was awesome in um, Juman- the new Jumanji. Oh, he's great in that. So funny. Yeah. He's such a great... Always loved his personality and his... Just his persona. Just himself. So exuberant mm-hmm. and, like, full of energy and life and everything. Yeah. But, God, when I finally saw this, I was like, fuck, yes. Jack Black is well, everything. Well, the thing is... I had seen him really only in one other thing that I really remembered before this was High Fidelity. He plays one of the guys in the shop, and he's kind of playing Dewey Finn in that movie too, except he's 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 playing the R-rated version of Dewey Finn in that movie. <laughs> he is in one of my favorite movies that I love to watch on the Disney Channel in the '90s, Airborne. He's in he's in Airborne. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's right. Well, I've never even heard of that. Wow. You got to watch Airborne. It's, about, it's like a teenager like m- moving from like California to, I think, Minnesota or something. And he's a skateboarder or rollerblader. And they have a whole like mm-hmm. competition thing. It's, Jack Black's one of the other kids. You got to watch Airborne. Oh, my God. That's yeah. like a, that was like a staple of the 90s. Seth Green with his long red hair as his cousin, uh, <laughs> like his little punk cousin. I love those, it. <laughs> those were the days with Seth Green, yeah. I missed some of that era. I think I had, I was probably thinking I was too old for some of those at the time, maybe. But um, but to me, this is sort of the quintessential, this is the most Jack Black of Jack Black performances, you know? I think so. Because it has the comedy and it has the heart. He just has this level of energy and exuberance and... It's him just allowed to just go. Yeah. I just find it fascinating. I mean, because he's not really a guitar player. In fact, you know, the kid that plays Nick was the one who taught him how to play Smoke on the Water. Nice. (laughs) Which I love. I love that fact. You know, and rather than the other way around as it is in the movie. I mean, it's, it's just sort of, it's these great things. Okay. All of the kids in this movie are actually playing those instruments. They're all... Terrific musicians. Um, unfortunately, um, we got oh, news. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate to even bring this up, but I, I no, but I feel like you know it, it's worth saying because just a couple days ago, from when we were recording this, the uh, young man who played Freddie Jones, Kevin Alexander Clark, 
um, was, was, as I understand, hit by a car. He's hit by, in, I think he was on his bike and he was hit by a car. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in Chicago. So he plays the drummer and he was really that good of a drummer. This is really him playing. Yeah. And it's really the kids singing and it's really the kids playing guitar and bass. And it's the only one who's kind of not really playing is Jack Black. But you can't tell because <laughs> yeah. he's um, he is giving it his all. He had to learn it well enough to be able to pull it off. And you just see that energy. I just love that. I mean, it, but and, and right from the beginning, you know, where he's he's sort of full on still sort of he's kind of a douchebag at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. He's in a band with his his buddies. I don't know what the band is called. I forgot. No Vacancy. Yeah. No Vacancy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the guitarists, but he's like kind of being showing off and stage diving and all that stuff. And, he, and he's landing on No one's catching him. On the, <laughs> no one caught me. Lame. <laughs> yeah. He says. Yeah. And he gets kicked out of his band. Well, and the thing is, well, when when his um when his roommate, when Ned and um his girlfriend played by Silver Sarah Silverman, uh, Ned Schneebly is played by Mike White, who wrote the script. Yeah. Um, I love him I in know. this. He's so great. <laughs> so he's sort of flopped out in their house. He's passed out because he's got <laughs> he's hung over and seems to be the case. And Sarah Silverman is kind of a shrew in this movie to him. Man, I've been mooching off of you for years, and it's never been a problem. <laughs> so he's not exactly a perfect guy. He's he's got his no, life no. to work out too. So oh yeah, absolutely. And so well, one of the things that Mike White, Ned says, "Well, I have a job." Says Dewey. Says you're a, you're a temp, temping. And it's like you're a, you're a babysitter. That whole thing. Then you get that feeling, you know. Hey, especially if you're specialist like i am yeah have you ever gotten people say this kind of stuff to you yeah really yeah pe teachers music teachers things like that we we are sometimes seen as glorified babysitters oh fuck that that's what i have to say yeah we we are actual teachers with actual standards that we have to meet and grade and we're not just there to supply planning time (laughs) so anyway i mean it's it's like hell i love the line hey why don't you sell one of your guitars would you tell Picasso <laughs> to sell his guitars? Uh, that <laughs> my notes on this are so much are just like just the quotes. quotes from the movies. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, uh, he gets a call from uh, Miss Mullen, played by Joan Cusack, who is fantastic. I love Joan Cusack. <laughs> yeah, to um, substitute teach at Horace, Horace Green, Green Preparatory School, and so he pretends to be Ned Schneebly. And, uh, hi, this is Ned Schneebly <laughs> on the phone. No, and then he did, like, doesn't have that voice. And then he doesn't <laughs> have what he sees in person, like, yeah. <laughs> she didn't notice that. Yeah. Okay. Well, when you, when you meet, when you meet her, um, she's, she's, she's very. She's maybe just kind of desperate take, and doesn't care. Yeah, <laughs> she's take, taking the tour because the teacher apparently slipped in the shower or something like that. And broke her leg, yeah. It's like, well, if any of them get out of line, I'll smack. Oh, we don't use corporal punishment here. So, so just verbal, verbal abuse? <laughs> <laughs> and and so oh <laughs> he goes in and's like but all first right, he when... has like he's got the outfit he's he's dressed yeah. for the part and <laughs> by the way and he his does hair. his hair <laughs> Like, you so, can't make the that long scarf hair look and all this stuff yeah it's very funny it's very funny it's like 
And so it's like, does anyone have any food? Come on, I'm hungry. You're not going to get in trouble. All that stuff. I actually used that line on kids this week because I had to move them into groups uh, so that I could hand out instruments. And it says, you're not in trouble. You're not going to get in trouble. Just do what I say. You're not going to get in trouble. Yeah, it was funny. And then, um, okay, I got a hangover. (laughs) All this stuff is like, like, what does that mean? Anyone know what that is? Anyone know what a hangover is? Yeah, it means you're drunk. Wrong. No. It means I was no, drunk, drunk yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> but then he sees the the poster. You know, like different kids introduce themselves. Like Summer, Summer, she's like little, you know, little Miss Prim and Proper, and she's the class factotum. She's very she's important. The class class factotor. <laughs> but the the poster on the wall of the gold stars and the demerits, and he tears it up. Just the look on her face is so funny. She's like, <laughs> you look next to Summer's name. There's like. All the kids have like a few, and she's got like the whole line. Whole, of stars. Just she's gold one of those. Stars. I was yeah. one of those. Okay, not gonna lie. Yeah, so I was a little bit of a teacher's pet. Yeah, <laughs> so was I. But I, I love that. But then there's just this one little scene because most of the movie is like Dewey. Pretty much the whole movie is sort of his POV, essentially, right? Mm. But there's this one scene where between um, Joan Cusack and this little girl <laughs> in her office yes. <laughs> that, that just sort of sets up that character so beautifully. It's like, well, you're just going to do And this kid is like going to cry. It's like this little girl. It's just, do you want a hug? No, I'll be good. <laughs> I promise. I just love that because you just see that and Joan Cusack just plays it so beautifully because it's that fine line between having to be this authority figure, but also kind of hating being the authority figure. Yeah. I mean, she says it explicitly later on in the movie, but you can get from that one scene like, oh, she's become exactly what she did not want to be. Yeah. (laughs) And she hates it. (laughs) She's not happy. Absolutely hates it. You know, this is the first time any teacher has ever asked me to do anything outside of school. No way. Yeah, it's, it's true. In six years. Well, you know, I think it might just be one of those things where people are a little intimidated. Intimidated? They hate me. No, they don't. Yes, they do. They sure do. I can see. I wasn't always like this, you know. I wasn't always wound this tight. There was a time when I was fun. I was funny. I was. But you can't be funny and be the, the principal of a prep school. No, you cannot. Because when it comes to their kids, these parents, they have no sense of humor. No, and, and if anything goes wrong, it's my head. All right, it's my head in the smasher. These parents will come down on me like a nuclear bomb. I can't make a mistake. I gotta be perfect. And that pressure has turned me into one thing that I never wanted to be. No, you're yeah. not. Yes, I am. I am a big one. Well, and then, you know, he's so Dewey's trying to get Ned to rejoin the band. It's like, come on, you're the blood sucking incubus from. <laughs> It's like, it's like Dewey. I'm not a satanic sex god anymore. anymore. <laughs> I love that. And he says, and the line that he says, maybe it's time to give up those dreams. I did, and things are going great for me. You know, <laughs> it's just like, again, just this. It's 
funny, but there's so much so meaning much, poured so into much so many truth of these in lines. It, yeah. yeah. Cuz the movie is like it's about really Jack Black and the kids, but then mm. there's also those little side arcs that we have with yeah. the principal and with Ned. Yeah. They both Ned's- come for a circle by the end. By the end, exactly. It's it's so great. And then this whole speech that it's like, you know what? I want to learn from my teacher. Well, anything but that. Just have recess, you know. Yeah, yeah. he just stuff. wants to have recess. He doesn't really want to have anything to do with these kids, really. He's just, no. he needs Ned's girlfriend. I don't, I'm terrible with names today. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm so prepared. I love this. Um, she's on him all the time about being behind on how much rent he owes. So that's why he takes the pretends Patty to be Ned is, and is, takes is Sarah Silverman's character name okay. is Patty. Whatever. We don't care. We don't like her. No, no I, I, I didn't. I, didn't <laughs> I actually didn't pay much attention because I mean Sarah Silverman in this movie she's playing a character that's very unlike her. Yeah, it's very different than really anything she's, she's the, done. The thankless role in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Re- really thankless and and so much to the point where it's only sort of peripherally even necessary yeah uh, you know she's she's only there because <laughs> to out him at the end pretty much ex- yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> and and to get him to uh pay the rent at the beginning yeah so that's why he took the job so he doesn't he's not really caring about being their teacher you know he's just there for a paycheck and and he's also down because his band fired him kicked him out kicked him he's, out of the band kicked him out of the band <laughs> I was going to start singing, but then I was like, no, I'm not yeah. going to do that. <laughs> we'll do that later. Anyway, <laughs> I love the part. It's like, I okay, I'll teach you something. Don't try. Yeah. <laughs> Just give up. Yep. <laughs> and then this is a whole speech about the man. The man. You've never heard it of the man? used to be something called, you've never heard of the man? Miss Mullen, she's the man. <laughs> says, there used to be a way to stick it to the man. It was called rock and rock roll, and, roll. and then that was ruined by something called MTV. Um, <laughs> and, and then, and then uh, Miss Mullen comes in and kind of overhears the end of the speech, and they're all kind of sit up because they're terrified of her. And um, that will conclude our lecture on the on man. On the man. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll continue our lecture about the man uh, after music. Uh, so they go to their music class, and he overhears their music class, and they are incredible musicians. They are awesome. And we get the eyebrows. We get the eyebrows yeah. from Jack Black, <laughs> the famous eyebrow wave. Um, the, I got an idea. He's finally, he's inspired again by the kids. The teacher is learning from the kids. I like Yeah. That. And I, I really like that element of this. There's a lot of things with that that happen throughout the movie, uh, because he sort of gets them set up. You know, Zach playing the guitar player, you know, he's the one who actually, like I said, taught Jack Black how to play some of these riffs that he teaches him in this scene. I love that he doesn't know what a cello is. <laughs> it's like, what was what was that thing called? What was that thing you were playing? A cello. It's like, it's like it's well, cello. this is the same thing. Just put it on the side and cello, you've got a, a bass, bass guitar. And then Freddie Jones, I play percussion only because you couldn't play anything else. That's Ooh. kind of an insider rock musician's joke. Because it kind of feels like it. I get that from yeah, percussionists yeah, sometimes. Because there's there's always this sense, you know, because there are all these jokes um, in circles, like what do you call a guy that hangs around with musicians? A drummer. I am not disparaging drummers because no. I can't drum in drummers the slightest. Are awesome. <laughs> drummers are amazing. Some of the best musicians I know, frankly, are drummers, oh, yeah. uh, are percussionists. I mean, it's it's really something. And then that whole thing, you know, he says, all right, we're going to be doing this project. It's called Rock Band. It's going to test your <laughs> it's going to test your head and your mind, mind and your brain. And your brain. 
two. Maybe my favorite line in the movie, which is saying something. <laughs> then we get these. Okay, so the next moment when they go to I just lunch. Love, I also love that scene, too. Just him. He has so much energy just getting them to play these little notes. And he's like mm-hmm. so excited about it. He's so he's just so good at those moments. And yes, especially with Zach and, the you know, he plays Iron Man first. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's just it's I love that the the choice of music and how they got all the music for this is just oh, uh, adds so so much to it yeah because um, by the way dewey and me would be like besties because all the stuff that he's into that is my favorite stuff <laughs> my favorite stuff oh i love when he, me too when he's first talking about uh, asking the kids about like what, what their favorite artists are <laughs> we talked about this scene before <laughs> we talked about it because i experienced it a couple yeah. weeks ago yeah but that's probably my favorite line and he's like led zeppelin don't tell me you've never you've never gotten you've the never let gotten out, the let out? <laughs> that's my favorite line because i love yeah. led zeppelin oh me too me too my favorite song is over the hills and far away nice it's like my favorite I... song of all time wow there's a reason why you and i are best friends right yeah <laughs> I didn't actually know that. I didn't I didn't know that was the kind of music you like, to be honest. We haven't really talked about that, but we are like simpatico there. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. So him talking about like, yeah, AZDC and everything, like, that's me. Yeah. Yes. Or the part in the car when they're they're uh, he's singing along the immigrant song. I love that. And the immigrant <laughs> song, yeah. And that's the one they had to they had to beg Led yes. Zeppelin to let them use. They made this whole video of them pleading with with led zeppelin to let them uh use the song in the movie because zeppelin doesn't they never uh, license, license their music, the music yeah. uh, very rarely in fact um for almost famous uh they have four songs in the movie and that was like a personal favor to cameron wow. crow they made the right choice here too <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it's so good that immigrant song is the perfect moment uh, in that mm-hmm. too, I think they had already filmed that scene too. Uh, so it's like if we don't so get we this, have we have to, to come up it. with something else. Yeah, because the movie essentially worships all of these groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, Led Zeppelin, of course, being one of the key ones as well. Um, ACDC definitely at the end. Yeah. And throughout. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he plays Back in Black. No, they play Highway to Hell. Highway to Hell during this this scene as well. Uh, okay, so this is where. One of the moments where it starts getting to feel more authentic, more real, how teachers interact. And the scene is between Lawrence, the keyboard player, and Dewey. He says, I, yeah. I can't I can't be in the band. I'm not cool enough. Kids in bands are cool. And it's like, that's where the film's heart starts to develop. Yeah. It's like, everyone will think you're cool because you're in a rocking band. Yeah. You know, and all this stuff. And he's like, starts teaching him the little hand, the, the little shake you know the, the let's rock yes. let's rock slap it <laughs> give you a platform <laughs> kaboot it yeah um all that stuff so those are the moments where where i say this is authenticity is those kinds of connections because mm-hmm. they're just small moments that happen throughout the film but they're very key to the whole thing and you know i love how we they come back from lunch and he's given every single one of the kids a job for the most I part, love, that's suited that to them. I love that scene because I love the, all the names he's given them. And they just like Fancy come pants, right out of him. Turkey <laughs> like, sub. Turkey sub. Blondie. Blondie. Fancy pants. I love it. And on drums. 
Spazzy McGee. <laughs> Spazzy McGee. Yeah. Um, no, um, that's amazing, amazing moment when he assigns Fancy Pants to uh, to be something else at first. Yeah, he's going to be part of the te- uh, the technical crew or the security. Security, that's right. And the kid just says, uh, can I be the band stylist instead? And like, the kid is clearly gay. Yeah. And he just says, of course you can, Fancy Pants. And like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no, no, there's no n- other comment on it. I love yeah. it. It's so perfect. And that's the thing, because he wants the kids to be themselves yeah. in this whole thing. You know, so when Summer and then later Tamika come to him and say, I want to be something else. I want to do something else. He's like, well, what do you got? You know, he's ready to. And that's that's good teaching. Yeah. And so that whole thing where Summer confronts him and says, groupie. <laughs> you decide me to be a groupie? I looked up groupies on the Internet last night. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I love that. And so, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You got a kid like that. You give him a job. Mm-hmm. You give him a job that's suited to them. And her job is to be in charge of everything. You're the band manager. You're in charge of everything. I'm going to be too busy rocking out. And it is perfect for her. And it comes back later. Why is my daughter obsessed with David Geffen? <laughs> you know, <laughs> which that. is just great. <laughs> But then they have the whole thing that, that like we were talking about before, you know, the first thing we got to do when we start in a band is we got to talk about our influences. Who do you like? Christina Aguilera. What? No. <laughs> it's like Puff Daddy. Wrong. I, I, those, the Liza thing is Minnelli. neither. Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli. It's like, what? What? No. You know, it's like Led Zeppelin. Sabbath. ACDC. Motorhead. Okay. And then he has this, all of a sudden he's like, he's going to start this whole program where it's like real things like okay rock history rock appreciation (laughs) and theory Theory. it's like all of a sudden is i i need to um pass my wisdom on yeah he has something to teach the kids finally he realizes and and you know the the thing is that scene is funny to me too because i do this this is this lesson with all of my grade levels where i have them give me ideas for songs that they like and i i write them down and we're gonna look at you know how they're structured and some of the songs that i have to (laughs) listen to I, I feel this, you know, because frankly, I would much rather listen to Christina Aguilera and, and P. Diddy than than uh, some of the stuff that I had to listen to over the past couple of weeks. Frankly, <laughs> I'm not going to say who, because anyway, these kids these days, they don't kids know these music, days. Brian. Damn. <laughs> well, what was great is I got in most classes, like one kid said Bohemian Rhapsody. Another one said yes. uh, <laughs> another one said Back in Black. Yes. Eye of the Tiger, which I'm like, I'm fine with Eye of the Tiger. Um, so I was like, okay, okay. The, 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 so every time, one said, Rocky like a hurricane. It's like, I played, I listened to the song. I was like, nope, can't do that one, but not for first graders, but because uh, it's totally about sex. Um, but <laughs> but but then then one of them was a Quiet Riot song and stuff. Nice. <laughs> like, it was so much fun. You got to um, teach the kids the good music. Yeah. My nephew knew the words to TNT by the time he was five. All right. Nice. Nice. He loved singing TNT. Are you kidding? Oh, man. So the the next part where he teaches, he's going to teach them the new song. I have, a, I have some material that, that I've written for myself. <laughs> Every person, I swear, if you're in a group of people and you're all like sharing songs or something like that, we all do this. 
You sit around and say, yeah, well, you know, I, I wrote this in like 15 minutes and it's not quite ready yet. And I'm still polishing it. I'm still working on it. It's like, and, and the kid, someone is just going to just play the song inevitably. <laughs> Seriously, always happens. Every single jam session I've ever been a part of, that always happens. And so that's part is hilarious. I bet it's nerve wracking. It is. It is. It's like, just sing the song, Schneebly. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So the legend of the rent was way past due. Uh, <laughs> this is Jack Black just going, going for it. And just, uh, yeah. This is, this is the whole, the famous, no, you're not ho- hardcore. Go. No, you're not hardcore. Unless you live hardcore. <laughs> Unless you live hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> and the legend of the rent, the rent was way hardcore. hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we promise not to sing too much on this show. Um nah. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> and Summer's line, I thought it was catchy. <laughs> um, teacher's pet. It's like, hey, we came up with some, then the next lunch, this is, we came up with some names for the, for the, the band. Bumblebees. The bumblebees. No. How about, how about the koala bears? No. It's like, no, <laughs> got to tougher. How about pig rectum? <laughs> It's like, oh, it's a science project. And the principal is standing there. Oh, God. This movie makes me laugh. Oh, (laughs) man. Just thinking about it. (laughs) But then um, this next scene is, I think, bigger than it seems like it would be. And that's where he... Because Zach is playing the song just fine. He's playing it technically perfect, right? And then he does this whole thing where he says, all right, you're the lead guitar player. We gotta, we're got we counting on you for some style. You know, all this yeah. sort of stuff. He's and like, he's I'm just, just teaching. playing it like you told me how. It's like, well, it's not about playing it exactly right. And he says, and does the whole thing, now raise your goblet of rock. <laughs> and all of that stuff. <laughs> Open your eyes, Bob, that something is wrong. <laughs> yeah. But the whole thing is that it's saying something deeper and that it's trying to yeah, instill this passion for a subject, whether it's music or whatever, just a, the passion for life, for something. Because so much of that passion for, for music, because Zach is an interesting character. He's a terrific musician, incredible musician. Because mm-hmm. um, you know, they show him playing the classical guitar stuff and he's just like shredding it. But he has no joy in it at all. Because his father yeah. has essentially just sucked it out of him. You can even see it like when he first sees the kids in the, the music room just playing their music. They're just like following the notes, playing like nothing mm-hmm. behind it. And yeah, they Except need to. Except for Freddie. He's kind of, he's every time he yeah, gets Freddy. to play those cymbals, <laughs> he's going. Freddie's excited, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so is that something that like you do as a music teacher? Do you try to teach them the passion for music? Or is that just like a movie trip thing? Of course you try and teach you try and de- you try and share your love for it as sure. much as you can, because um, if you don't, I mean, who's gonna want to show up? Yeah. And I'll admit, there are days where I just like I, it's not where I have a hard time finding it myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And when we when we talk about almost famous, we're, we'll talk about the pitfalls of being paid for something you love. But yeah, you definitely want to try and teach that passion for and i think roberta does the same thing in music of the heart you know where it's very much about she really does love this stuff yeah sometimes that gets lost a little more in this that movie than it does in this one because this movie is all it's all about the passion yeah yeah whereas that movie is there is the technical 
as well. So this, but here we have, it's all about the passion. And that's one of the great things about the movie is it's all about the passion and joy of it all. And it's so palpable. You can feel it. It is. It is all the way through that. It's like, you know, when he's handing out homework, he's like, all right, your homework is to listen to some real <laughs> music. Yeah. And then Freddie's okay, line. Yeah, I go didn't ahead. ask us about um, music of the heart. How was uh, Meryl Streep's playing Quite the violin? Good. Really? Yeah, she she's she's um uh according to Isaac Stern, uh she actually her her pitch wasn't right on, but her technical uh fingerings and all that stuff are are spot on. Cuz I knew you'd be watching for that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, all the kids are really playing. Yeah. Clearly. Uh, whether it, the sound is the same, probably not, but they are playing. And it's clear that they are. Yeah, and they are in this movie too. Oh yeah, I, and that's one of the, that's one of the things I really love about both of these movies is that you can tell that there's real work happening. And I knew that before I watched this yeah. movie that the kids all actually played their instruments, and I think that was uh-huh. like a perfect choice to go yeah. along with it because you can because you yeah you can even if I'm not a music person I probably would have been able to tell you know if kids yeah. they w- didn't actually know what they were doing right. Right. You know, and there's just, I think there's a different, there'd be a difference in their acting with it too, Mm -hmm. I think, in a way. Like, if they actually played, they would be able to show that passion a lot more too. Yeah. In fact, one going back to Music of the Heart for a second is one of the reasons why Meryl Streep initially turned the movie down was because she didn't think she could learn the violin well enough to, uh, to play it. That'd be terrifying, right? Yeah, because she was, she's, she's like, she really is method. She really wants it to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Unlike she really learned, you know, like uh, Irish step dancing for, uh, I think it's Sophie's Choice and different things like that. So there are, that's just her process. That ne- That is part of her finding the character is being able to do as best as she can what yeah. they do. I would just always be thinking about the people like you, yeah, watching the movie mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I know they're, oh. they're probably paying attention and yeah, I would have the, that same fear, but that's good that she that's good that she was so committed because it it shows. For neither of these movies, am I distracted by the fake playing or <laughs> the playing or whatever that's going on? Um, there is one there is one moment that I saw online where someone because there's a part in this during during one of the montages where Jack Black is playing a bass that doesn't have any strings and it's missing uh, a tuner and the nut of the bass. But the thing is, here's the thing. He's just showing her the style. He's not actually playing. That's not the point of the moment. So, I mean, it was just like the, the people who were, who were ragging on that were not understanding it in the context of the movie. And people like me have no idea what you're even talking about. So don't don't rag on little things like that. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in that part anyway. But I mean, the whole thing, listeners real music. And then Freddie says, are we going to be goofing off like this all day? It's like, we're not goofing off. We're creating musical fusion. It's like, okay, are we going to be creating musical fusion every day? Yeah. Get used to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> all right. And this is where we have Tamika come in and say, I want to be a singer. And she's just kind of silent for a moment. And he's just like, well, sing something for me. And then she freaking belts out. <laughs> and yeah, well, at first he's like, come on, you you, you can't sing. If, if you're not going to sing, you, I can't have you sing. Then all of a sudden she starts she's singing like, yeah. Chain of Fools. <laughs> like, and, it's, and it's like, oh. And I actually get chills in that moment when she sings for him. I got, I get real chills. That and their moment later on, yeah. Yeah, and at the end. At the, at the end, end, it's like it's like yes. tears. It's like tears. 
Uh, and I'll say why when we get to the sequence where she's going to not do it. So the movie, it's kind of hard to talk about this one. <laughs> I, I mostly just want to talk about like the characters and the, 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 yeah. the, it's a bunch of, there is a main plot where they're, yeah. they're all, they're putting together this battle of the bands thing and that's what they're working towards. He's trying to not get caught because <laughs> yeah. he's a fake substitute and Ned is dealing with his girl. But I just like all the little, the interactions between the characters and I do and, too. And, and just, I think. Well, you see, you see things like, for example, there's just these little moments, like Zach's dad. Yeah, when he just notices them in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. no more rock music. This is done, and it's like Dewey sees that happen, mm-hmm. and he sort of tailors what he's going to do based on what he observed. And so, is it, you know, so all the right, next lesson to, is is like everything. You know, rock isn't about doing things perfect. It's about sticking it to the man. Yeah, it's about. I love you know, that. The very next lesson he does is like, isn't that like the what pisses you off lesson? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like right now, right now I'm the man. And I love Lawrence. Like, you're a fat loser and you have body odor. <laughs> and then, you're and then tacky and I pants. hate you. You're tacky and I hate you. We already <laughs> did me. We already did me. Let's move on. <laughs> no, really, I hate you. You see me after class. <laughs> see me after class. But the thing is that, is that whole sequence where it's like, what do you hate? Bullies, mm-hmm. you know? And obviously, that's his father. And to some extent, at that point, they feel, I think, that Miss Mullen is a bully. Yeah. Though that's not really her, her vibe through when we get to know her better in the in the upcoming scenes. I mean, yeah. the I, I love this whole scene where, where, where you see Freddie just watching these videos of jazz players like Buddy just, Rich and, um, and, and Keith Moon. And yeah. he's just and he's just like watching them play and he's just enthralled and then you see uh, all the guitar players and you show and they show um uh zach with his classical guitar in his room Mm -hmm. you know doing pete townsend moves and i just love that stuff i mean that that it's all that stuff in the little montage yeah yeah the the chalkboard that's got um that's on the the blu-ray special features is actually um, the the chalkboard what what are those called um Whatever kind of diagram that is of yeah. all the different types of, of rock and like there's punk and classical and mm-hmm. stuff. I was like, I need to actually learn this stuff because there were some names that I was yeah. kind of catching. I was like, I don't even know some of these names. I got to I gotta get better at this. Well, I love how, you know, they each sort of latch on to a different style. Like Freddie sort of latches yes. on to <laughs> punk and Zach sort of goes for sort of the 80s guns and roses he's got the hat and all that stuff when he when he does his thing and then mm-hmm. then Lawrence does sort of this glam rock thing and it's cool it's it's subtle it's not a big deal but it's they they all sort of find their their niche that thing that they really latch on to and all of their personalities shine a lot more yeah. as the movie goes on too i love the, yeah. the like i said there's a bunch of little moments that i love um one of my favorites is um when they're at lunch and i think it's i think it's zach mm-hmm. it's zach that comes up to him and just says that comes up to jack black and just says i really enjoyed that lesson today yeah and that's such a perfect little moment for any teacher i would expect it is. right <laughs> it is and he you can just see how he's like well yeah, thanks, buddy. Like he's kind of surprised at first. Thanks, buddy. I'll, like I'll see you back in there, and like the look on his face is perfect because he's like, "Hey, 
I'm actually kind of proud of myself, you know, yeah. that, I, that I did that for him. And that's got to be, yeah, like I said, that's got to be a great moment for a teacher. I remember doing that to one of my uh, my college professors. I shocked the hell out of him. I took a class. I just, it was just like a real, it was a class on Nazi Germany. So, which is weird, but it was, such, it's really, really interesting. Fascinating stuff though. Yeah. It was, it was super interesting. And I just, when I had to go to his office one time before I left, I just kind of stopped and went, by the way, I just, I'm really enjoying this class. Like this is, I, I really love this stuff. And this is super interesting to learn. And like the look on his face was like, thanks. <laughs> like, like he hadn't heard something like that in a long time, you know? People don't often say when they appreciate things. Yeah. You know? Um, and so it means a great deal when someone does. Mm-hmm. It really does. So let people know. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's nice to hear. Right. It's, and, you know, I try and do that as best I can, too. Um, but, you know, there's a few things in here that are that are nice touches, like, you know, Miss Mullen, you're the man. Um, <laughs> even before that, it was like, um, they're just like, they're talking about music now as if, like, they know what they're talking about. You know, it's uh-huh. um, Freddie and that other girl is like, name a good girl drummer. And she's like... <sighs> Uh, Meg from the White Stripes and everything, and like yeah. suddenly, suddenly they're like just all into music, and I, I love it. Yeah, it's like at least she keeps, uh, at least she can keep no, a Sheila beat. E. You know, yeah, Sheila and, e and Meg from the, yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good, yeah. Um, so, but then, then we also find out a little key moment where he's in the teachers' lounge. Says, "Is she always like this?" It's like Miss Mullen. And it says, "Well, one time she got drunk." And did a Stevie Nicks impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so there's something in there after all. Um, then we have the sneak out scene for the audition uh, for Battle of the Bands. And this is where Tamika oh, man. Okay. says yeah. that she's not going to do it. And and it's like, they're going to laugh at me. And she gets, and he's like, why? You know, he he digs a little bit. And she like, says, why? Are you nervous? Like what? No. And she says, because I'm fat. And it's like, okay. So my daughter uh, has a beautiful singing voice, but she's extremely shy. And part of it is, you know, the weight. And and I've been there because, you know, I, uh, I've i been overweight most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. And um, so this, this sequence, this stuff really kind of touches yeah, this, me. This really got to me, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm fat. Tamika... Hey, you've got something everybody wants. You've got talent, girl. You have an incredible singing voice, and I'm not just saying that. You heard of Aretha Franklin, right? Okay, she's a big lady, but when she starts singing, she blows people's minds. Everybody wants to party with Aretha! And, um, you know who else has a weight issue? Who? Me. But, once I get up on stage, start doing my thing, people worship me! Because I'm sexy and chubby, man. Why aren't you on a diet? Because I like to eat. Is that such a crime? Um, just having, because the confidence of standing in front of people, even if you're really good at something, mm-hmm. is harder, um, you know? And, and you so I. Body I, image issues, totally, feel, yeah. Yeah, so I feel this. And, and, you know, then when. Then he says, well. What about Aretha Franklin? You know Aretha Franklin. Yeah, he handles you know, this moment perfectly. Worships because, her. You yeah. know, they worship her because she's amazing. And then he says, and you know who else has a weight problem? Me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I get up there and I just let everything go and they love me because I'm sexy and chubby. You know, 
That is, and that kind of confidence and stuff like that, I think is beautifully presented in a non-condescending way here. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that scene and it's a beautifully handled moment. It's, it's the, one of the big themes of the movie, I think, is simply to love yourself and love what you're doing. I, that seems to be, be who you are and let, let it all fly, you know? I think that seems to be one of the things that I latch onto with this film. And it doesn't throw it in your face like Shrek or something like that, which I love Shrek. I'm not <laughs> ragging on Shrek. But there is this element of just being, loving who you are and being who you are and loving what you do and all these sorts of things. And it's just kind of a beautiful moment. Yeah, I think he handled that situation with her just the right way, too. You know, whenever somebody says something like that, like, they don't need to hear. It's like, what? No, that's not true. Like, you're beautiful. You're perfect. Like, we don't need need to hear something like that. You need to hear what what he tells them. It's like, okay, whatever. But so what? You know what else you you have that no one else has is Mm -hmm. beautiful, this beautiful talent that you need to share with people. They need to hear it. They won't give a fuck, you know, that you're overweight. And yeah, he says something about Aretha Franklin. Yeah. It's a, that's such, I love, that's a perfect way to handle that moment. You know, you don't, don't patronize somebody when they know, or when they have those kind of feelings, just give them the confidence in other areas. It's a little bit like the scene between Guadalupe and, and Roberta in the previous movie, you know, I mean, where she tells her about, it's Zach Perlman. It's a little bit like that. Yeah. And I think it's, I think in both movies, I mean, those are sort of those moments that really move me in both yeah. movies. That was on Twitter, actually. Did you see that? It was not too mm. long ago. It was like last month or something. Somebody, somebody, it, it went kind of viral. Like somebody had tweeted something about how that was such a great scene between him and Tamika. And like the girl mm-hmm. who played Tamika was like, wow, like I'm, I'm so happy to have been a part of that. And I was like, oh, that's oh, so I, cool. I didn't see it. I yeah. didn't see that. That was such a cool little moment. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad. I, I That's such a beautiful scene. And the way she plays it, oh, you can just see her poor little face. God. Yeah. I just want to, like, give her a hug. I'm like, you are so freaking cool. Do you know how talented you are? Right. I know. I know. And she's beautiful. She is. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then, you know, with Freddie sort of going off and hanging off with the the band, it's like, you know. <laughs> and this is, this is one of the things that I like about the movie, too, is it's positive messaging about the music and not about some of the sort of trappings of of rock music, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a PG 13 movie. It's not, it's, it's sort of, it's probably only PG 13 because he gets drunk at the beginning of the movie to be right. honest, <laughs> you know, I mean, or that the, scene when he's up the, the, what are you pissed off at scene? He's like, what, what is oh. rock music all about? And they're like scoring chicks. You're right. Like, that whole thing. No, yeah. <laughs> getting wasted. <laughs> no, no, so, it's about sticking it to the so man. Sticking it to the man. And that's the whole thing. You know, it's like one great rock show can change the world. <laughs> you know. I do um, like this moment that's... too with Freddie when he goes out to the to the van with the other the other guys and Jack Black has to kind of be the, the man in that moment. Yes. Be the teacher. I love it. Like, it was like, he's feeling really real responsibility because, I mean, mm-hmm. he's talking like an adult, finally. He's like, yes. no, rock isn't about getting loaded and acting like a jerk. You had me worried sick and all this sort of this stuff. It's just, yeah. And then, you know, they get, <laughs> they get, they sort of lie. So, well, Summer comes up with the way to get them 
into the show because they're rejected for yeah. e- even having the chance to audition. It's like, yeah, they don't oh, they're all, they're all sick. They have stick it to the mon- <laughs> Frank Whaley, by the way, loved seeing Frank Whaley for like two seconds in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So this is this is the whole thing where, where you have Summer having her. It's like, you know, don't get mad about it. Don't give up. Just come up with a different tactic. <laughs> She's very smart in how she does this. It's like, we'll all pretend we're dying. <laughs> you know? They'll have stick it to the meniosis. Right. No. Not right. It's Don't so very that. wrong. Don't but hey, do they got into the show. And this yeah. is where the immig- they have the immigrant song. Um, mm-hmm. And then Summer has a big moment, a big line, where she says, I didn't do it for do the grade. For the grade. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> um, she did it for the band because it was the right thing to do and and you know that there's that, that whole thing it's like weird music coming from your from your room and and he makes up the math song and all that stuff <laughs> just funny little things yeah. and and he takes mullen for coffee um and they have beer another one of my favorite scenes yeah we need to talk about her character we got it and this is a great have... scene to talk about her yeah. with because this whole thing where she's She's singing to White Wing Dove and all this stuff and doing her Stevie Nicks thing. But the even the Edge part after that. Huh? Isn't that song called Edge of 17? Oh, is that what it's called? I think so. <laughs> okay. I, I, I've only ever known it as just like the White, the White Wing, Wing Dove. Dove. Sing song, sounds like she's singing. Yeah. Okay. We're singing um, again. There we go. It's like, it's like, hey, I could take him to this concert. They do the classics like Beethoven, Mozart, Enya, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I almost missed that the first time. I was like, wait a minute, yeah. Inya. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really funny. Uh, uh but anyway, the the whole thing where she's talking they're in the van, it's after the scene, the scene in the bar that I think is really great because where she's talking about the pressure has turned me into the one thing I didn't want to be, and she can't even say the word. Yeah, she just she mouths say... the word a bitch. It's like, no, you're not. Yes, I am <laughs> you know all this and she's stuff. talking about how she's like i used to be cool and i used to have fun and like which we just saw in that previous scene when she's singing along the stevie nicks you can see that in her like she just wants yeah. to be that that fun person again and to have fun and you can just you can see her personality in that scene and you just you want to see more of it throughout the movie because yeah. like we were uh we were texting about her it's like she's the man she doesn't she's only the man because she has to be she doesn't want to be yeah yeah. Because she's taken on this, I think it's that thing where it's like, you think it's going to be all cool to maybe do this job. Like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna be the principal of a school and I'm going to be in charge. But then you realize that it's mostly just a lot of bullshit politics yeah, behind the scenes is. and no passion involved for the actual like education of the students oh, kind God. of in a I way, you know, just dealing, dealing with parents, obviously mm-hmm. is a huge thing. And I love that scene too with the parents. Yeah. <laughs> I could never be an administrator. No. I, it's just, I mean... What a to me that is just like the most horrible job on the planet. I mean, I'm grateful that the administrators I have are like really good at it and like really into it and really love doing that thing in particular. Mm-hmm. But there's no way that I would ever want to be an administrator. I, I don't think I'd even want to be a classroom teacher. I love being a specialist, <laughs> uh, you know. But yeah, it's that it's that thing. Ned is is going through a similar thing. I think they kind of have mm-hmm. similar tracks that they're on, where it's like they do. There's 
you reach that point in adulthood where it's like, oh, I got to be, you know, we call it like adulting now, you know, yeah. that whole word where you have to actually be responsible and, and do things. And to some people, that means losing a part of yourself that you once were, but it doesn't always yeah. have to be that way. Though some people just fall into those comfortable, mm-hmm. those comfortable routines, those comfortable grooves where you you know this this works, this makes me money, this this helps me live, and I can't sacrifice that to be creative when I have to live. Yeah, and for for Ned's character, it goes back to that line earlier in the movie where he says, "I gave up my dreams and things are going fine." And great, yay! Not really. Yeah, not you can really see on his face, not. it's like not really at all. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This next scene is one of my favorite scenes ever. Just the developing and collaborating on a new song. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Okay. so, it's fantastic because, you know, Zach's just noodling around on his, on the song. Then they say, all right, bring bring it in. Bring it in. Here we go. We're going to, we're going to play Zach. We're going to learn Zach's song. And he starts singing it. He says, hey, what do you think about this lyric change here? And then, hey, what do you think about adding this on the drums here? You know, where you just kind of, and do you mind if I take a solo here? That sort of thing, developing that and that, that synchronicity, that movement from it's the energy of it when, when it's really clicking and it's really happening Mm -hmm. is, is just so great. And it's just, I love the part where he just sort of stands back and he stops playing where, where Dewey just watches them playing. Yeah. That's a a good, that's a good moment. It's just, and it's just on his face and it's just like, pure joy of seeing his kids his students do this you know mm-hmm. and he can just let them do it and it's him giving giving to the students what his bandmates weren't giving to him either yeah. you know he's like this is yeah. what being a band is about like we all write songs we all contribute and we play each other's songs and we learn each other's songs because we're you know this is what we do as a band and like he didn't get that from his band but he yeah. just he doesn't take that into a, a negative and say like, no, we're going to play no. my song, not no, your not song. At all. He's totally encouraging of the kids every step of the way without even thinking about it, because mm-hmm. that's just the kind of person that he is. And of course the, the school of rock song is much better than Dewey's song anyway. Yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, totally. it's way better. Um, a lot of songs. So, are better than Dewey's and the thing song, is, he Dewey. knows that. Yeah. A lot yeah. of songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, probably the step off song they made up is probably better than, yeah. than, than that one. Cause obviously it's that, that song is, is hilariously self-indulgent. You know, it's, it's, it's a revenge song. It's not oh, yeah. a song that's, that's about anything of, any substance at all no. <laughs> he has a moment like that later at the at the battle of yeah. bands when he's like i'm not good i know that i can admit that and he's yeah like i said it's just mostly him just like about encouraging these kids that he's become really inspired by because he's like zach you are 10 years old and you're better than i am right now he's like so yeah. proud of these kids and you can see it throughout the whole movie oh he plays that so good he really does and you know this whole parents night thing where where Roz asks Roz Mullen asks him to take her. <laughs> Will you come with me? Because she's so <laughs> nervous about yeah. it, and she's done this for how many years? I yeah. that is so real. Parents' nights are terrifying. Parents, I assume, are scary. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it yeah. can be. Um, and then he actually says, actually tells her, Roz, I'm not a teacher. I'm a fraud. It's like, no, you're a dedicated, talented teacher. She thinks she's that he's talking about imposter yeah. syndrome. Yeah. And he's actually telling her, no, I'm actually not a teacher. Um, <laughs> 
and this whole thing, you know, that's, you know, why has my daughter become obsessed with David Geffen? Um, this is, there's such a thing as, as student teacher confidentiality. I could be dismembered by <laughs> right. the teacher's union. But this whole, you know, that's the whole scene where he gets outed as, as yeah. a f- by uh, Sarah Silverman. But then it, what, but what he says after that is, I, I really love what he says after that to the parents. He's like, where he says, you know, your your son, yeah. you know, Zach, is the is ten years old. He's the next Hendrix. Summer's going to be the first woman president of president. the United States. Yeah, I'd vote for her and, tomorrow. Everybody um, says some like Marta, Marta can hit a what is it? What kind of note does he say? Like, yeah, can I can't remember like what high, the note is. Yeah, high B, uh, high, uh, over, high yeah, B of a C yeah. or whatever. Yeah, not many singers can do that. And like the look on the the kid's face, she just like smiles, and her parents like, yeah, see, I can do that. Yeah, but the parents aren't really. Uh, I wish the parents could they're really... They're not there yet. They're they not there yet. yet. They can't see it yet. Yeah. Um, but then he has, of course, the line where he says, <laughs> I have been touched by your kids, and I'm pretty sure I've touched them. <laughs> you know, of course... Of course, it's really totally like... innocent thing to say, yeah. but it's but it's the way, but obviously not in that context. Yeah, he runs out. He's gone. And um, the kids are bummed. Yeah. The kids are majorly bummed that he's gone. And I love that it's... Um, is it Lawrence who finally, who says something? Oh, because Freddie is saying like how their time with Mr. S was a waste of time. And, you know, he, he uh-huh. was lying to them about the whole uh, special project, quote unquote, that they were working on, yeah. which was really the battle of the bands. And it's Lawrence and Tamika, the ones who have been kind of shy and quiet. They they really find their voices in this scene against the other kids yeah, to stand do. up and be like, hey, no, we actually learned a lot from him. And we worked really hard yeah. on this. We need to keep going. And we're going to let's play the damn show. <laughs> As Alicia said, yeah. I love Alicia. Uh, the whole thing where he, where he says, where he says, Shut up. No, you shut up. <laughs> you yes. know, because because Lawrence is finally standing up for himself. Yeah. Because uh, Freddie's kind of a loudmouth, you know, oh, yeah. throughout. I mean, even before they shut start up, the band. <laughs> yeah. There's when they find out that the kids have gone and, and all the parents are with Mullen and she goes down and she just there's a moment where she just stands in the corner mm-hmm. on the stairs. It's oh, even like. Bef- even before that, when um, because the, the parents are just upset that he was allowed to come in the school as a fraud, and like we paid fifteen thousand dollars a year, right. like you can't you get regular teachers, and the, they the way he shoots that is perfect because it's just like a crowd of the parents' faces all yelling at her, but they're like yelling like straight to camera, yeah, as if they're yelling like at you, pretty much. Yeah. So you can you can feel like. She's in that moment again where it's like, I don't want to be here. This is not what I wanted to become. This is not who I wanted yeah. to be. And it's kind of a, it's almost kind of like a, a more empowering moment when she has to come back and be like, hey, your kids are all missing. <laughs> she's almost kind yeah. of like, she's almost like kind of happy in that moment to say that. Like, Ugh, I hate these yeah. parents. <laughs> and it's, it, it's good that you say that because, you know, this doesn't feel like a typical uh, Richard Linklater movie. Because, it, it, you know, it's not a hangout movie. It, they're not just long dialogue sequences. Yeah. It's 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 p- more plot driven than really anything else that he's known for. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think what he does bring to it is sort of this level of reality, bringing it back to reality when it could just be thrust onto another planet so easily. He he finds just the right pitch for for Jack Black to perform because he's he's letting him go clearly yeah. quite a bit but but it's also it's not as far as Jack Black could go Probably. you know I think <laughs> yeah. you know because I mean uh, 
I feel like the guy could just, you know, like shoot up into space at any moment, you know, if he's not. How does he have so much energy? God, I'm jealous of Jack Black. I I haven't had that kind of energy in years. (laughs) I know, me either. Um, So, I mean, the whole thing where where they go and they pick up Dewey from from the the house. The kids basically steal the school bus. (laughs) The kids steal the school bus because (laughs) Summer summer gets it all arranged, of course. She's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're Um, supposed to go by and pick him up at his house. Didn't they tell you? Yeah. She's yeah. good. Yeah, the whole thing is like, you know, we the kids are using his own words to convince mm-hmm. him. It's like, we stuck it to the man. One great rock show can change the world. And he looks out the window and sees the bus. No way. That's so punk rock. Yeah. You know, I, I love all that. And, you know, and they go to the, the Battle of the Bands and they have the prayer. <laughs> God of rock, thank you for this opportunity to kick ass. <laughs> great stuff and that final performance is so fucking rad and there's there's great stuff beforehand like to, mm-hmm. not just with the um the band members but with the other kids that do really important jobs like um yes with fancy pants and he has the, he has the costumes and i love the the moment the kid is like what about the lighting all the cues for for the other song he's, <laughs> he's like freaking out, out. Yeah. he's stressing out he's so cute but he's like you know awesome. the song you can do it just improvise yeah, but this performance is awesome. <laughs> and I get really, uh, I wrote, I get really unexpectedly moved when Tamika sings her solo. Yes, in absolutely. that scene, absolutely. I, it's it's the scene when when I watched this with my family a few months back. I and this was at a point when school was still completely distanced, so I hadn't actually seen my kids or mm-hmm. any any of my students uh, for a long time, and it just, it actually made me cry uh, <laughs> during that part. Because there was something about that and, you know, the the way... The part that made me cry is really weird. <laughs> we'll get to it, that. It, and well, in this one, and, you know, like I said, you know, Tamika has... She reminds me a bit of my daughter, um, you know, who's a talented musician, talented singer, who sometimes lacks some of the confidence, partially because of... I think her perceptions of herself sometimes, which, you know, I, I, which we do everything we can to <laughs> show her something different, but you know, it's so hard, you know, for anyone if, uh, to help you believe it. If you don't you know, yeah. always believe it, it yourself, you know, so that, that scene, that part just really, really moves me. And yeah. every time he gives every kid in the, the band a chance. Like I love when, uh, when Zach goes up and he's just shredding. Yeah. <laughs> he goes up to the audience and does that. And the parents, the parents, obviously the, the principal and all the parents have converged to like, um, on wherever it's, is it at the house of blues? It kind of looks like it's the house of blues. It looks like it. It looks like it might be. It's, <laughs> they've all, yeah, they've it's some all come, sort of auditorium. Yeah. Yeah. They've all come to the battle of the bands and the, obviously, you know, what you kind of expect would happen in this moment Yeah, yeah. when I the, mean, when the parents see their kids playing and how good they yeah. are, the parents are like, Oh, okay. I, mm-hmm. I get it now. Like my kid's really talented and I'm really proud of them, which the, the should ending, have been you know, what, whatever. Yeah. The ending <laughs> when they start chanting school of rock, school of rock, school of rock and school yeah. of rock. I mean, it's a little bit like the slow, the non cheesy version of a slow clap. You know what? I don't um, care. <laughs> for this you know, movie, um, for this movie, and, I don't care. <laughs> but so. it it works in this. Yeah, it really works in this because I saw a movie. I'm not going to say what it was because I really liked the movie all in all, but it did this whole slow clap thing at the end and it just <laughs> like completely ruined it. Because otherwise, it was like this movie is fantastic. If it didn't have that damn slow clap, it would be like 
perfect. I'm 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 allowing it for this movie because yeah, it, it needs works. It, needs it. it works so well, perfectly, and it feels like it would at a rock concert where the. Yeah, the the band that they the School of Rock actually does not end up winning the Battle of the Bands. No. What the hell? Uh, but of course, it's like the Rocky. Audience... It's like Rocky. Yeah. Rocky. Yeah. Rocky loses the first fight. Oh, spoiler alert! <gasps> what? <I> no <laughs> idea. For for a forty five year old movie. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's when everybody starts cheering. School of Rock. School yeah. of Rock. Because it's I actually love that Dewey's, I don't care. I love that Dewey's moment. old band. Dewey's old band that actually wins. Yeah, and he no, gets really kind of depressed about yeah. it. He's get pissed off at first, you know, and he's like going to give up. And then they start chanting. He starts hearing the chants. Like, you know what that is? They want an encore. That's an encore. Oh, before this, there's a good moment with uh, with Ned too that I love. I keep coming back to Ned because I think he's important in this too. He's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, when his girlfriend is yelling at him again, the whole the whole movie, all she's been is like, "You let him walk all over you" and all this stuff. And like my favorite moment is like she's doing it again. Like as uh, they found out that he's gonna go and take the kids to the Battle of Bands, she's trying to get him to. Um, to actually do something about it and he's just like no like he's you can tell he's just done he's had enough he's like yeah you're telling me to stick up for myself it's like but i really need to do it against you yeah and i love i love that moment where he just like closes the door on her like before she even finishes her sentence that's perfect like this is me sticking up for myself i'm gonna do what i feel is right in this moment and in that closing scene okay so they start playing um um, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. This is literally my probably my favorite scene of the whole movie is the, the closing mm-hmm. credits. And then it carries into the closing credits and you see you see Summer, you know, <laughs> making arrangements on the cell phone for, mm-hmm. for the next show. So we'll stop yeah. lowballing us and all these sorts of things. And, yeah. um, they made it but, into an after school program, the whole school of rock thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I music love music lessons. Yeah. Music lessons. And I my favorite part of that is Ned teaching the little kids how to play guitar. It makes me think. Of this, because they say, you know, one great rock show can change the world. Well, it did for Dewey, for those kids, and for Ned. Yeah. It did for that, for that little corner of the world. That one rock show did change their world. And it helped Ned, you know, find himself again. Well, he was studying to become a teacher, right? And he seems to have enjoyed that Well, he's doing that, but he's also combining it with exactly. this joy that he had from when he, he was in the bands before, you know. And, and uh, earlier, um, especially I think it was with Zach's father and in other movies like this, you always get the parents that are like, you know, music is not going to take you anywhere. You need to do something more practical, you know, with your life to be able to actually live. Right. And I you kind of understand that argument to a degree. Right. That you have to be able to live. But what is the point of that? Yeah, exactly. Like, what is the point, though? If you can find something that makes you happy and that you're passionate about and be able to live like you can you can pay your bills. But does it really matter if you're not happy? Right. I, I do like that. That message that the movie has. That no. okay, maybe they're not going to become famous musicians or whatever, but they're learning something they're they're gaining confidence they're gaining discipline or you know whatever else you get out of doing something like this they're they are learning something even if it's not something that they make a living on doing you know yeah you know and both of these movies uh came out around vh1's whole 
save the music push. Mm-hmm. And both of those kind of organically have that theme to them uh, where it's music is valuable in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. It's not just an extra, just an extracurricular thing. It's something that has really valuable value for um, confidence and interaction. Yeah. I mean, just as much. I mean, if, like for me, I wasn't a sports guy. I was never good at sports. I'm very awkward, but I could get that some of those same kinds of things, you know, the discipline, the camaraderie, the the practice, all of those sorts of things uh, in music. Yeah. And I had lots of friends who did both. There's value in these things. And I mean, as far as gaining confidence, I mean, that took a while, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm still working on that. But there is real value in, in in what and and you know it's nice to talk about this because i sometimes as a professional in this in this world you know in this music teaching world you question the value of it you know cuz you don't see it on a daily basis all the time mm-hmm. movies like this kind of help you remind to remind me that yeah that it is there yeah it's always the and these two in particular i think both reignite some of that in me more than some others so just especially in School of Rock, I mean, like I said, it's just kind of a joy bomb. And a lot of it the is. sort of the <laughs> philosophies, the philosophies of teaching, I think, are really solid in it. Even when he's giving like the <laughs> the platitudes like, I believe, I don't believe in testing. I believe that the children are our future. <laughs> it's like, right. Yeah, that all seems like it makes no sense. Cause he has no Isn't idea that a song? It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I love that. But I mean, there, there is, I mean, he can't articulate his philosophy of teaching, yeah. but he but performs he it. it. Yeah. He performs the philosophy, of t- a strong philosophy of teaching. And I love that. He does it without knowing it, that he's a good teacher. And he realizes also he's teaching a subject, but he's also teaching kids. And that's an important element is you're not just teaching a subject, you're teaching kids, you're teaching people. That's something that I always try to keep in mind when I'm when I'm teaching, because sometimes it's so easy to get, oh, I got to get through this lesson. I got to do this or that. It's like, well, you also got to meet the kids where they're at. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially, you know, times that are difficult and when t- difficult times come up, which, you know, happen. So yeah. it's uh, it's a valuable thing. All right. This has been fun. Yeah. No, to, I love this whole. This. I gotta say, I love this whole closing credits scene. Like, I the first time I watched this, I I was smiling pretty much through the whole movie. But when it got to when the credits started rolling and like they were still going, singing that song, and they do the whole, he does the whole thing where he has them all have a little moment to play. I was yeah. I was smiling even bigger. And then for some reason, the part that really made me cry, <laughs> just like happy cry way. Was um when Marta, the little blonde haired girl, her they're like, okay, it's your turn to sing now, and she says, the movie's almost over. Like for some reason, I was like, that's just so fucking cute and perfect. Yeah, I just, I started bawling. I was like, this whole movie just like made me so happy. That's the part oh, that yeah. made me cry. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. I I like that part. I like. You know that what part. I mean? It's, it's just movie's like that was almost just, over. Yeah, but we're still on screen. Yeah. <laughs> Now the first test is over. I'm gonna need Alicia to give me a two-second vocal solo go. Here it comes. Cause it's a long way to the top if you wanna rock and roll. Oh. Don't bogart the mic, Alicia. That was beautiful, but now it's time. Come on, to make a melt. Oh, 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 oh. 
was tasty. Marta, blow my brains out, go. The movie is over. The movie's really over. But we're still on screen. But we're still on screen. Everybody's rocking. Everybody's rocking. And we came from Horace Green. We came from Horace Green. I was like, that is just so cute. I am, I am, I'm dead. I love this movie. I'm <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. I'm glad we got to cover that. Both of these. I really do love both yeah. of these. That was a fun one. I'm glad we had a fun one after we did some kind of serious ones. We did some right really serious this. ones, yeah. <laughs> we needed a fun one to break it up. We did. Next week, or next time, we are going to have another fun one, though. Are we doing recommends or not? Oh, we're doing recommends first, aren't we? I got my order yeah. mixed up. Jeez, Brian. What's your deal? I don't know. What's going on with you? Um, My recommend is kind of dumb. So maybe I'll just go first. It's not dumb. but It's it's not not, dumb. No, it's not dumb. But it's just not specific like we usually are. I don't know. I didn't really have anything too big to recommend um, except that I finally dived into the world of Akira Kurosawa and, and it's been and who 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 was it awesome. that that um who was it that sort of <laughs> now nudged I, you in I that direction I would have gotten there eventually I would have gotten oh, there eventually oh, yeah I know I know but but who's who convinced you huh huh but hmm? you recommended Rashomon <laughs> I did and the way you described that made me super interested to get into it I was like okay because I was I was scared honestly to go into Kurosawa, because I was like, oh, I've heard, you know, you hear all the things about those kind of. You think they're going to be homework. You think it's going to be hard. Yeah, it's going to be homework. Mm. It's not going to be as enjoyable to like to get into that. But yeah, the way you described that one in particular, I was like, okay, yeah, I totally be into that. And then I watched Rashomon and absolutely loved it. Um, (laughs) I fell in love with uh, Toshiro Mifune. (laughs) As we've seen, he's a gorgeous, wonderful man. And then I watched uh, Yojimbo. Not too long ago, and loved Yojimbo. So I don't know what my recommend is. Like, if there's somebody maybe like that that you're a little bit intimidated by, you're not sure if you're going to be able to uh, to get into it. If you're, you always wonder. Look, with some of those people, I always wonder if I'm just if I'm not going to understand like Godard or you know crap like that. I have never gotten into like just. No, Godard it. is homework. Yeah, I bet. I'm, no, actually, Kurosawa, there, there, Kurosawa there, there's not. some. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. There is some Godard I, I like quite a bit, okay. but some of it is, is challenging. It some feels like, yeah, he feels yeah. like he's going to be homework too. But yeah. Kurosawa definitely was not. No, so. it's not homework. Yeah, that's my recommendation. If there's somebody that you've been interested in that you've been wanting to check out for a while. Fucking do it. You can find... I'm obsessed now. I'm ready to keep going and going and going and going because I have a, a ton of movies in my queue now of his. And uh, I'm excited oh, to I'm dive so in because ex- I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about Kurosawa movies with you. <laughs> I, I've, I, we've had fun sort of... You, you text me while you're watching one of the movies and like... Right. You didn't answer so me fun. last time while I was watching you, Jimbo. What? <laughs> you were, I didn't. You were doing something else. I don't know what that. Oh. I texted you like right after I started. I was like, "Oh my god, this is a hundred percent a fistful of dollars." <laughs> oh, I thought I responded. I'm sorry. You didn't answer me. Wow, that's weird. I, I don't. I don't know what. I don't know why I, I wouldn't have. I thought I. I'm sorry. <laughs> now I feel bad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <sighs> that was like that was like a week ago. <laughs> it's like I can't feel bad. It was like a week ago. Anyway. Okay, here's my recommendation. It is music related. I, for the first time, it was only last week, I, I had um, been meaning to see this movie because actually 
only heard about it for the first time not that long ago. I was watching a screen or watching. I was listening to screen drafts and they were doing a draft on movie musicians. One that they mentioned was John Carney's film Sing Street. I I loved once. I had seen once already, but Sing Street the Sing Street absolutely blew me away. I I watched it and just kind of became and when I watched it, it was like that was really good. Then I slept on it and I just found myself kind of obsessing on it. And all I want to do is watch Sing Street now. I can't <laughs> say it, but I just want to watch Sing it. Sing Street. Sing Street. I've had the song Drive It Like You Stole It stuck in my head for days <laughs> on end now. Yeah, John Carney's uh, Sing Street. I, I just loved this. And I think this one's going to have to come up in an episode because it is just so good and again it's for the most part it's kind of that joy bomb kind of movie where you're just happy for so much of the movie there's there's some conflicts and things like that that occur but for the most part it's just like sheer happiness and joy of this kid finding his voice through music finding a purpose in it and stuff it's really powerful and he you know he does it essentially because he wants to impress a girl and, and it's just a sweet story sweet movie really great music I and mean, the music uh, the needle drops and the original music are all so good i just adored it and i can't You've wait been to talking see it about again. this so much since you watched I know. it i i know i love that though i love that we both found new obsessions <laughs> yeah so i can't wait to to watch it again and i'm I, i've got a couple of other movies I got to watch because I've got some deadlines coming up. But um, I just want to watch Sing Street. <laughs> but I just want to watch Sing Street. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a joyous episode. Oh. It was. It was. I love it. We needed and, that one. <laughs> and so next week we're talking about another energetic movie. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's got it's got lots of energy. The star is the lifestyle. Um, this is the I think the this movie. will be another joyous episode because we're, I think so. we're both gonna be flipping out and like fighting each other for mic time (laughs) it's gonna be a gush fest yeah yeah totally so be be aware we're talking about the movie that is probably my actual favorite martin scorsese movie yeah yeah we're talking goodfellas goodfellas fuck yeah oh man this may actually be the first scorsese movie i saw and so i I am mine too yeah um so i'm excited to watch this in i haven't watched it in a while but i just adore it's, this movie yeah it's been a little bit since i've actually watched it all the way yeah, through yeah but yeah there's no yeah. real rhyme or reason for why we're, we're doing this particular episode it's just kind of a bonus where we're like good fellas i mean we could probably slot it in and other you know pairing ideas that we come yeah. up with but mostly it's just like it's a movie that we both really love and we could yeah. probably go on and on and on and on and on, on about it yeah. so we're just going to talk about it just on its own we're yeah um, we're kind of gush. this is sort of like the ghostbusters episode it's yeah. a little bit of a palate cleanser it's sort sure. of an honorary forever favorite uh, yeah know. it's pretty much a forever favorite between the both of us i would say yeah i'm so psyched I'm excited. That's going to be like an easy one to prepare for. It's like, just watch Goodfellas and then say everything that I love about Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. It it should not be a problem at all. Because it's just so, so good. And this was um, Scorsese uh, coming back and really loving filmmaking again, it seemed like. Coming off the controversy of The Last Temptation of Christ, which was not very much fun for him. So uh, this should be... This should be a lot of fun to watch and to talk about again. 
All right. All right. So that'll be it for the show this week. Um, where can people find us on the internet, Brian? You can find me on Twitter at Brian D. Kuiper. And I just want to plug real quick. I have lots of articles that have dropped at Bloody Disgusting and at Manor Vellum over the past uh, couple weeks. My uh, series on Wes Craven, speaking of that again, is finally complete. All three parts of it are available at medium at manorvellum.medium.com and I think it's probably the best thing I've ever written. So if you want to read that, I would love that, frankly. And we'll see what happens with that. I'm thinking about maybe expanding it. Uh, so we'll Ooh. see what happens. I'm very proud of you. I haven't read the one that just dropped today yet, but the other two were perfect. Spot on. Oh, you had so oh, many, wow. gr- so much great stuff to say. I was very impressed. Well, so proud of you. Very... Oh. I'm so proud of you. That's right. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, really. Um, it was great. No, I, 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 I really did. It's, it's hard for <laughs> me to say nice things about myself. <laughs> but I, this has been sort of a really productive month uh, for, for my writing, it, I got to say. Um, I've got... A piece hitting Bloody Disgusting Soon on Psycho 3, uh, my favorite maligned <laughs> sequel, uh, probably. And uh, The Abominable Dr. Fibes uh, hit recently in a piece on Vincent Price. And then I've got something coming up on Possession as well. So there's lots of stuff that's out there. And yeah, I'm yeah. really proud of how it's been turning out. So anyway. <laughs> Killing it, dude. I love seeing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can find me probably just talking about Kurosawa. I'm posting pictures of Toshiro Mufune at Michelle in Egan. Oh, actually, I do have something I could plug too. It'll probably Please. be out for a while, I think, after this. I'm not for sure when she's posting it, but um, I did an episode with uh, Lindsay Wilkins over at Schlock and Awe, and that was a lot of fun. And so I think y'all should go listen to that. We talked about uh, Key Largo and Dead Calm, and it was a really, really fun conversation. I think I think people will like that. It was good times. And Lindsay so is Lindsay is awesome. That. Lindsay has been so amazing to us ever since the show mm-hmm. started. Such a champion and supporter friend. She is yeah. wonderful. Go support her all the way, please. Yeah. We love you, Lindsay. Check out Schlock and Awe One yeah. for her show. Yeah, that's and, the Twitter is at Schlock and yeah. Awe One. Yeah, and, and Read and Geek if you want to connect with her personally, because she's terrific. She is. Um she's great follow as well. Um, she's like one of our favorite the, people. We love her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And we've both been on the show now, so that's, yeah. that's a lot of fun, yeah. Okay, so we're also, we should mention oh, yes. you can find and our can show find at show. Movie Life Pod. Uh, we are gaining followers there, and we appreciate everyone who's following the show uh, over at Movie Life Pod. We're at 450. We need to get to 500, yeah. though. That's a good round number, yeah. you know? I w- I'd like to see that 500. So if you're not following yet, do it. Yeah. Come we're on. getting close. We're getting close. We're at 450. So if we can get up to 500, we would be excited. Okay. Well. Winding down now. Winding down and we will. The show is almost over. But <laughs> we're, we're still, still on talking. <laughs> yeah. We're still on Skype talking. <laughs> we will then see you next time when we talk about Goodfellas. Yeah. See you next time. Bye.